All right, who's ready for the Dirt Life Show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy Monday, everyone. We're ready for the Dirt Life Show. Today's show is going to be really, really good. We got episode 60. Can you believe it? 60 of the Dirt Life Show. Man, we're just clicking them off like left and right. Um, So like I said, happy Monday night. We really appreciate you guys joining us. Um, Tonight's show is, uh, I don't want to say jam-packed, but we're going to have a whole bunch of fun. Uh, We got Miles Cheat calling in. He's going to be talking about uh, his production uh, normally aspirated championship in the Lucas Oil Off-Road Racing Series that just concluded this past weekend, actually. So there was a bunch of champions crowned. Um, Maybe you guys could chime in and tell us some of the other champions that we might not be aware of. And uh, we got uh, some of our friends that uh, are going to talk about track and trail. So... We always like going to the track, having fun with our buddies, racing and stuff like that. But it's the season that's starting to cool off, so we're going to talk about some trail riding and stuff, too. Going out your Jeeps, going out to the sand dunes, going out your side-by-sides, riding. And we're going to talk with uh, Carrie and Orrin from uh, Track and Trail Off-Road. Uh, Carrie is an avid off-roader. Um, she likes being outdoors, doing all that good stuff. And uh, Orrin is, uh, I would say, probably one of, if not, uh, shoot, one of the best in uh, the passenger seat of a uh, of a trophy truck because he does it with Bryce Menzies. He's worked with uh, Casey Curry for a long time. He can uh, turn some serious wrenches along with Kerry, and they just have a really good time, man. So we're really looking forward to talking with them. Uh, I know I'm going to learn a lot. And in the studio tonight, we got uh, our buddy Joe Whining. What's up, Joe? Another fun, exciting day. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm stoked that you could come, too, because you also know Oren, right? Yeah, we met Oren... Oof. Probably some ten years ago. So and doing a, doing the Lucas Oil uh, when he was working with Casey Curry. Yeah, yeah. I think that's when we had met, and uh, just this whole off road life. It's all just kind of I a know. small family, and then we all just kind of it stay really together. it really is right. Yeah, like when sure. was the last time you actually saw Oren? Like you were you and him both work with Bryce Menzies for uh, a duration of time, and I think <laughs> he still does, and you still have uh, arms length with Bryce. When was the last time you guys saw each other? Uh, Vegas to Reno, which was in uh, early August. Oh, okay. Of this year. So it was yeah, actually we, uh, pretty quick or pretty uh, recent then. Correct, correct. And um, that's kind of the nice thing about off road. And we're all, for the most part, we're all good buddies, you know, and have a good time. And when it comes to racing, it's racing. Dude, how rad but, is but that, though? With the helmets off, it's high fives and. Drinking beers or, or doing whatever yeah. we do. You know Hanging what I mean? It's, it's a blast. But Eating tacos. Correct. But like you say, when the helmet goes on, it's game Biz- time. Yeah, it's business. Yep. Business as usual. Yeah. So it's going to be really cool to talk with them. Uh, Casey Peck, co-host extraordinary, just uh, said, what's up, fellas? How you doing, Case? Uh, missing you over here at the studio. We had tacos without you, bud. Yep. So uh, it looks like our technical difficulties from last week might have uh, not been happening today. So we're pumped on that. Uh, so we're going to have a good show. Like I said, before we start getting into the show, um, I definitely want to thank all of our sponsors and this is even more so like I was thinking about it this week. Um, Casey and I had a show last week and we talked about the UTV world championships and, uh, Joe, you're familiar with those. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's, uh, basically the biggest UTV race and <sighs> It was really cool for me to be back out there. For those that don't know, I had a serious accident uh, the previous year, and it was cool to get back out there and all the support and stuff like you just talked about. You know, everybody in the off-road industry, the community is small, and it was neat to see everybody, but it's also neat to see the growth of the actual industry. (laughs) So... (laughs) 
you, I mean, you deal with it on a daily basis, helping people, you know, fix their cars and, you know, razors and buggies and different stuff like that. Ten years ago, you probably wouldn't have been doing that same kind of thing. It would have been a totally different game back then. It was. It was a completely different game back then. Um, now, the technology and everything is, has exceeded, you know, all of our expectations, I guess you would say. Yeah, and that's kind of where I was going with the whole sponsor thing is, like, man. there's so many different companies and there's so many different people um, that I'm thankful for, obviously, because they help the show, but also that the whole industry should be thankful for because they're leading the experiences that we're all having on the weekends. They're creating good parts, creating good tires, creating good shocks, like, all of this stuff, whether they sponsor our show or not, they're amazing companies doing oh, yeah. all this stuff for, for us to get out there and shred. Correct, and that's the thing. You know, you don't want to... You don't want to be stuck out there in a desert, you know, or on a, or yep. on a trail and have a part failure, you know. So all these companies that are that are supporting us, they're striving to make their part better. Coming out with too. badass gear. Exactly. And, it, uh, you know, it's just, just, just a good time. It really is. And uh, that, I think it's cool. And I want to talk to uh, Carrie and Oren about that a little bit uh, later and see what they think, too. Um I know that they deal with more Jeeps and stuff like that, but it'd be neat to get their opinion on the side-by-side, the uh, oversized golf carts. <laughs> yeah, that market is, is well, It's it's been hot for years, but it seems like it's just getting hotter but it, day by day. It seems like the like lately, unless it's just me looking more on the outside and not being so racer-oriented, it seems like this past, like, I don't know, 6, 18 months, like, it's just started like really taking off, like <laughs> yeah. more than usual, right? I agree. I agree. And it's just, it's amazing. And you know, a lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon and trying to produce different parts and different, you know, systems yep. and setups. And it's just, uh, it's nuts. I hope it keeps, it continues. It's, yeah. it's just awesome because the, the, the com- competition between all these vendors and all these different parts and all that just keeps excelling. And these cars, these side by sides are, Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Well, don't leave that subject open because I want to talk a little bit more about driving that RS1 at the UTV Worlds because I didn't get to talk about it too much last show. Um, Maybe you could read some of those comments while I uh, tell everybody how they can consume our media. So you guys can always go to um, Facebook and YouTube. We are live Monday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific time. So join us every Monday night. Come in, comment. We already got a bunch of comments coming in. Uh, So join us. You know, comment, join the the conversation. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you guys did uh, over the weekend. Maybe you guys had some fun at the dunes or at the track or on a trail, and uh, how you guys lived your dirt life. Live your dirt life over the weekend. So um, we really, really appreciate it. You guys are our lifeblood. Every single thing that you guys do really helps us. Join us on social media. We're going to have some awesome, awesome contests and things like that coming up. Um, we said last week that we were going to do a KMC tire giveaway, but nobody was interested in it. So I don't think we're going to do it. I think we're going to keep the tires and stuff like that for us. So if you guys do want that stuff, make sure you let us know. Um, but we are going to be doing some giveaways with t-shirts and hats and different things like that. So that's going to be pretty fun that you guys can win those so pay attention to our instagram you guys can uh, always follow us at the dirt life show on our social media channels uh instagram is probably the best one facebook and uh, youtube as well you can always consume the media if you can't watch it live you can always check it out uh on itunes google spotify now it's on amazon pretty much any network so you can consume it anytime Uh, Those are the best ways to consume it while you're driving or while you're listening to it at work uh, with your headphones. 
And uh, yeah, like we Joe and I were talking, we want to thank all of our sponsors. We want to thank Shock Therapy. Those guys are just amazing. Um, not only do they do fantastic work with shocks um, and get you guys' rides going better, they make all kinds of cool products. They make steering racks, uh, sway bar links. They make pretty much everything for your UTV that... Uh, I don't know, needs to be upgraded. So go check those guys out and use the code DIRTLIFE and you can save a whole bunch of money at uh, shocktherapist.com or you can give them a call and say the Dirt Life sent you. Um, KMC Wheels. Uh, we know Oren likes the KMC Wheels. Joe's sporting his KMC XD shirt tonight. Yep. Um, so thank you very much to all the guys at KMC Wheels. Uh, they helped with our Polaris Razor winning at Life project. That turned out super, super cool. Uh, thank you very much to the guys at Zollinger Racing Products. They're one of the companies that uh, Joe and I kind of just talked about, about elevating the game of the side-by-side industry. So they're making fantastic parts. So go check out ZollingerRacingProducts.com. You can get yourself some tie rods, some radius rods. Man, they even make uh, billet aluminum covers for your motor and transmission and stuff. So um, check them out. Use the code DIRTLIFE, and you can save a whole bunch of money at ZollingerRacingProducts.com. And uh, one of the things we're going to talk about tonight, I want to bring it up with uh, Carrie and Oren, is these Solderweld off-road repair kits. Um, they're pretty cool because you can bond metal on the trail. You can carry this little pouch with you and stuff. So um, if you want one, uh, pay attention during the show. We're going to talk about how easy they are to use and what you can do to fix your uh, vehicle or whatever it is out on the trail. So um, at SolderWeld.com, you can use the code DIRTLIFE and save a whole bunch of money on those kits as well. So thank you very, very much to all of our sponsors. We really appreciate you guys uh just making this show happen man all the viewers you guys are our lifeblood all of our sponsors are the people that keep this show going so we couldn't be more appreciative from both of you guys so thank you very very much um <laughs> yep <laughs> tacos are not just for tuesdays so it sounds like one of our viewers john has uh tacos on monday huh yeah tacos are good every day tacos and the dirt life <laughs> so he probably knows that you ate tacos as well huh so we're going to be switching a little bit back and forth. Um, the printer in the studio wasn't working, so we're going to be uh, having George and Joe probably look at their iPhone a little bit more than they usually would. But uh, we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. We want you guys to uh, – oh, you know what? I want to give away some stickers too. So yeah. I, I gave your son some stickers. Hopefully yep. he shares them with his sister. <laughs> uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh-oh. He, he likes the Dirt Life stickers. He, he does. Put them on his computer or his dirt bike. Yeah, put them on the bike for sure. That's cool, man. Um, so, uh, yeah, so – Joe brought uh, his son Tyler into the studio today. It's really cool to see. And uh, he was already living his dirt life virtually playing an off-road video game, right? Yep. So it's neat to see that as well. He's uh, taking after dad. Yeah, he for sure. He, he lives it. So um, if you guys want some stickers like the ones that Tyler got, um, you guys can uh, slide into our DMs on Instagram and uh, just ask to send them stickers and uh, we'll get them sent out to you. So um, we really appreciate you guys promoting us and uh, sharing our stuff. And plus the stickers are just badass too. So for sure, um, the guys at uh, Maddox Designs over in Southern California made them. So I want to give a huge shout out to those guys. Those guys are awesome. And uh, he also operates an Instagram page called mm-hmm. Taco Slayers. Really? He eats tacos every day, and he's done it for over a year. So him, nice. and, him and his wife are pretty hardcore taco. It so, sounds like it. Um, so thank you very much to those guys for printing out the stickers. Um, and one thing that Joe brought up that I wanted to, uh, before the show, that I wanted to kind of talk about before we get uh, Miles on is uh, the Sandsport Super Show this weekend. So for those that don't know or may not live in Arizona or Southern California or you know anywhere close on the Southwest, the Sandsport Super Show was uh, is an expo. You know, they have all kinds of cool vehicles there. They got 
cars. They got well now it's pretty much just UTVs, but they still got big builds and you know uh, pre runners and street right. trucks and all kinds of cool stuff. So it's awesome to go to, right? Like the the yeah, eye no. candy is sweet. Correct. The the the, the product inventory that, that all these different vendors bring in right is just there that's obviously their latest and greatest product and it's it's awesome it's really really neat to see have you been there to help any of the vendors before yes i was there um a couple of years back with uh, uh fortin racing oh yeah and um was there, i think i went last year to the one there in uh so Doug actually got the uh, top qualifier position at the UTV World Championship in the that. Turbo Class. Yep, I saw that. So and he's making some cool stuff. He's um, making some really cool stuff. If you know him, I need to get a discount on uh, some sp- spindles for uh, or for some hubs for the YXZ because I want to change it to a Polaris bolt pattern. There you go. So um, yeah. and he's <laughs> those talk about upgrading your UTV, man. The spindle or the uh, hubs that he's selling for those things—they're all uh, CNC billet, but they're like. <laughs> 1500 bucks or something. They're not cheap, dude. No, but they are nice. Yeah. Holy smokes. Dude, they are sweet. They're like literally jewelry for your for your car, dude. <laughs> for sure. It's so it's super cool to see that. Um but uh yeah, so the Sandsport Super Show, those shows are always super fun because you get to hang out with your friends and just chill and well, usually they have good food and beer and stuff, but this year, man, they ran out of everything. They had a huge line that was I don't know, a quarter of a mile or something that was outside. And all this is because of COVID and social distancing and stuff, right? But Joe and I were talking about it a little bit, and I'd really like to get people's opinion on what they think about the things that have been happening because of this, because they had to shut down Sunday. Like, they only lasted half a day through Saturday. Then they couldn't let anybody else in. And then they ended up just shutting the whole thing down. The city of Scottsdale, Arizona said, nope, we're not going to let you guys continue because, I don't know, you're breaking the rules, I guess is the way to say it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the city of Scottsdale wasn't maybe informed correctly or, or didn't know the expectations, but this sand show is big. brings uh, yeah, 20,000 people, 30,000 people right from all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. I know guys that traveled from Oregon, yeah. for, like on the East Coast, like they were traveling really far to go to this thing. And, and clearly they want to show off their products, right? Yeah. But you got to think about it like, and I don't mean this as a negative rant, but I mean, you have to know what happens negative to be able to turn it around and make it a positive, right? So all of these things trickle down. They have a big effect on what's happening. So now you have a show that got canceled in Scottsdale, Arizona. That means that no matter what, Sandsport Super Show is not going to come to Scottsdale, Arizona again. No. No. Like, it's done, <laughs> They're right? not invited back, And that probably. has nothing to do with COVID. Correct. That just has everything to do with the city. When you deal with big officials like this, they don't think the same as you and I do at our house or on the trail. They think about the city job that they have. They're not going to give that up. They don't want to have anything interject that's negative. And this was a negative impact for them. So whoever is sitting in that, de- in that desk... They're, they're going to be getting a whipping on Monday when they say, look what you did, man. You let this come to Scottsdale and everything was you know, went awry, you know. So I feel really bad because all of our friends in the off-road community, all these vendors and all these people went and spent a lot of money to be able to show off their products and for people to buy these things. And it's gone. Correct. The opportunity was lost. And now the opportunity doesn't exist for Southern Arizona anymore or Arizona in general. And they'll probably move it back to California or to Nevada or somewhere else now because of the negative impact that it has. And that also has a negative impact on 
people traveling to that show. Maybe the guys that are local in Arizona don't want to go to it next year. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, And maybe the guys that bought tickets and didn't get in, like the general admission tickets, they're just going to say, screw it. We're not going. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to have that happen again. Yeah, especially if you drive eight hours to L.A. Yeah. And you can't get in the gate. Exactly. <sighs> you know, and, and it's, it's especially, like you said, it's especially tough for the vendors. Um, you know, they've invested all this time into their brand new products, and they're showcasing this awesome new product. And we're not but, talking like $5,000. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars in product sure. and development, booth displays, like all oh, of this yeah. stuff. No, that's it. And, it's bananas, yeah, dude. So um, unfortunately, like again, I, I don't want to be the negative guy that make, goes on a rant, but there's got to be some positive that comes out of it. So uh, hopefully, like when we talk to all these vendors and stuff in the next few weeks, we see, oh, well, you know what? We started, uh, I saw a couple of people, they started uh, a sale to still keep the consumers involved. So they said it was the Sandsports Super Show cancellation sale. Now everybody gets 25% extra off of our products or whatever. Go online and order it. Mm-hmm. So there was a uh, some very forward-thinking people that I really love those kind of people that think like that. And it's going to be neat to see what comes out in a positive fashion when these vendors put themselves on the forefront of making sure that this doesn't happen to them next year. You know, So I think it's going to be pretty cool. But I'm still bummed that all that stuff happened. Like, I mean, I don't know. We can't say what we could have done better because nobody knows. Sure. But, I mean, it is what it is, I guess, right? Yeah, it's just, like I say, there's no, no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's a bummer. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's, and it's really, it's fun to, to be able to see the parts in person. Yeah. And talk to the vendors and. It's, you know, I mean, call me old school, but I like the human contact. You know what I mean? And Well, not to mention, and, like, you're pretty experienced. Like, you know what you're talking about. You're a mechanical dude, and you really have a good understanding of what parts belong to a vehicle. Mm-hmm. You know, tie rods, radius rods, wheels, spindles. Some people don't know that stuff. So when they're able to get their hands on it, man, it makes a big difference in Huge. sales. Huge, yep. So, um, and, you know, even like I said, like, I like feeling that stuff too. I like checking it out, you know, because yeah. you can only see a picture online. You can't touch it. Correct. You know, and then the same thing goes back to the uh, the big SEMA show in, yeah. in Vegas every year. You know, last year it was canceled. And, <laughs> dude, that's a week of just craziness. Right. So many vendors and so many different buyers and so many different sell. You know what I mean? Just crazy. And, and I'm sure it's had a huge effect on everybody. Well, now that you bring right. that up, I think the some of these shows, like for some of the smaller vendors, create a quarterly revenue stream for them. You know, mm-hmm. so some of these guys will go to the Sandsport Super Show and they'll get like, let's just say, twenty five percent of their budget, like back for that year. You know, it's like Christmas shopping kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. You know, like that's Richard. their Christmas that they go and sell all their stuff. So it's really unfortunate. And I think that it'll be cool to see what your guys' comments are and see what other people think about it too, because I would like to know what people can do to make it better in the future. Like we really want to make this, this industry keep growing and we don't want to have little hiccups like this. Cause it's all on us, man. It was, uh, it could have been done better and every yeah. single person could have done better. Yeah. And just like here, like Dakota had just shared 30,000 people showed up in a matter of four hours. That's that's, ins- that's just that's the off-road life. All of us have yeah. been cooped up all year long, and this event is happening, and we're going. Yep. 
and we're going to go see all this cool stuff. We get to go see stuff. our friends. Exactly. Yep. That's nuts, man. 30,000 people in four hours. No wonder the lines were so big and stuff. And yeah. I heard one of the biggest complaints was uh, somebody had to wait in line for a, a beer for an hour and a half, and then they sold out when he got up there. <laughs> That's a bummer. Yeah. Don't ever, even if the show gets closed down, don't ever sell out a beer, man. <laughs> That's the worst thing that you could ever do because then you're going to get a negative connotation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's a bummer to see that happen. But, uh, you know, there is positives that can come from it. And like I was saying before, like the UTV World Championship, when I went back there to see that, was kind of like what you're talking about, everybody showing up to the Sandsport Super Show. Like, when we were at the UTV World Championship, it was like a homecoming for me. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe how many cool vendors and how many cool people I missed. I really did. And I hope that most of these people got the same feeling when they were there for the first six hours of the Sand Show, too, because yeah. it's just like you said. It was everybody being cooped up and wanting to get back to normal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and that's yeah, it's so it's tough. Yeah, it really is. Um, going back to the UTV World Championship, though, man, we had such a good time. It was such a good time. What did you think about that little Polaris RS one that we put together? That was a cool build. Yeah, it was a really cool build, and uh, it looked like you guys had a lot of fun with it, and the it, car performed well. It did, yeah. It was it was pretty crazy. Like I've never driven. Uh, well, in fact, let me preface this by saying, so I'm so far out of the desert scene the desert racing scene i had that was the first time at the utv world championship that was the first time i ever set foot in the pits at a <laughs> at a race okay ever and i've been in the utv scene since late 2014 so five years now mm-hmm. so i was i couldn't even believe it i was like holy crap i've never been here like i've never been in the pits before and to see like all that stuff the support mechanism that they have for all these different teams and stuff i mentioned it a little bit on last week's show was so crazy and then to understand like how all these desert races work and you know you're it's so awesome to see yeah it's so awesome when i went out there in the uh in the rs1 man it was like a totally different race for me um, racing the Yamahas the past couple of years, you just beat yourself up. It's like how bad can I, or how good will my kidneys feel after the race? <laughs> and the uh, the RS one was like riding a couch, man. It was yeah. so awesome. Yeah, no. Once you get them set up, it's it's fun. It almost yeah. makes you giggle. It really does. You right? know, you start going through stuff, and you're like, I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. But it's going. You're committed, and you're like, God, this is awesome. Yeah, it's like working pretty good. Yeah. Um, and you do you work on shocks and stuff a little bit too, so you know a little bit more about them than I do. But um, those guys at Shock Therapy, man, they really hook that thing up with those Fox RC2 shocks. Yeah, no, they're definitely the industry leaders in in, a, in the UTV shock setup and things of that sort. And have you got to pull apart any of those Fox RC2 shocks yet? No, I have not, dude. I don't know, man. Whatever they are, like it's like a cushion. They're, I think there's a couch inside of them. <laughs> yeah. No, there's there's a lot of tricks you can do with different pistons and valving and, and different weights of oil. It's just the uh, same thing as our motocross days. Yeah, you know what sprinkle I mean? fairy dust in there? Yeah, something. Yeah, whatever it is, man, they got that thing working good. Like, um, We're going to release a video um, sometime this week um, that's uh, kind of like a little recap of the of our day, my team's day, a little bit of the emotions that I went through during the race and just have some fun with um, some helicopter footage that we got. It's It was just really cool, man. Like, being back at the races, 
being around people like what you were talking about was the best part, man. Um, so let's talk with Miles Cheek. He's calling in right now. So, uh, Miles, what's up, man? What's going on, guys? Oh, we're just hanging out. We just uh, had some tacos, some chimichangas, you know, the whole Chef Cheek deal. Oh, there you go. How uh, how about you, man? What's going on? You just clinched your uh, uh, UTV NA Lucas Oil Off-Road Championship. Oh, yeah. It feels good just um, putting another trophy on the shelf, and um, we're going to be rocking that number one plate next year, so super pumped on it. Do you get to use the red background? Like, is that a thing in UTV racing? Um. Like, I remember my dad a while ago was pushing for, like, all the points leaders run, like, a red background on their number, kind of like the moto-style stuff, but that didn't get too far. Dude, maybe you should just do it. Just show up. Right? With, show up cool. with, like, yeah, show up with, like, two sets of plates, like, a white one, like, just in case they get super mad at you, but I feel like the red would be <laughs> sick. <laughs> yeah, I think we can get, like, a one-race provisional or something, right? Yeah, and get all the like, get all your media stuff for the whole year with that one race provisional. That'd be perfect. All <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. Well, um, congratulations, man! Like that's no uh, no small feat. The UTV class has been pretty competitive the last few years, and racing at the professional level in a UTV is uh, nothing to be ashamed at, man. So, like, that's really cool that you're able to come home with the championship. Yeah, it was a tough year too. Or. Actually, it was a pretty solid year. It was my most consistent year I've had in a long time. I think our worst or our worst finish was just a second place. So, um, can't complain about that too much. No DNFs all year. So, it was just a super consistent year. The new RS1 just runs so good. Like little problems that we used to have, it's just like a total thing of the past now. That is super cool. How long did it take to develop that car before you got to race it this year? We had it just sitting there for probably a year, and our plan was just to build it into a works car forever. And it started coming together, and it started looking really good, and just started thinking, like, it's got the better diff in it, the better clutch. Like, why not just turn it into the short course car? So we did the one race in it last year at Firebird, and it was good, but it was just, like, we had no test time in it. So there was still, like, a bunch of stuff that we needed to do to it, just – um even just like in the ECU tune, like just not everything was right on the car. So <clears throat> getting it all figured out this year and the thing was flawless all year long. Yeah, that's what one. Well, Joe and I have been talking about the growth and development of the UTV industry. And it's cool to see all of the racing stuff translate into the stuff that people can buy on the on the shelves. Like uh, a couple things that I was going to say is like the RS1 that we built for the UTV world championship, it only took, you know, six weeks to build it or whatever. Right. And all of those products pretty much were like bolt on good to go, but that's because of the stuff like people like miles do to test and develop all these things in racing scenarios. Cause he was working on it for, let's just say six months, 12 months, getting it perfected to be what it was now so that all those parts can transition over to be good for us. Correct. Correct. Yeah, no, there's a lot of, a lot of homework that goes on behind the scenes to, to, to develop those products and like say miles is uh is you know trying out products and, and if they don't work well they you know the vendor will adjust and make it work and yeah. that's why and that's what just keeps it keeps compiling and making for great parts and great great racing yeah 100 percent. and 
just having like the understanding of the things that miles and his crew do like during the week and on the weekends and stuff like that to be able to get the car out there you can really trust that those products are going to be good when they hit the shelves um one of the things that was cool on the rs1 build is miles dad hooked us up with some quick release clutch cover bolts or well i don't know pins mm-hmm. uh dude those things are so rad yeah i don't have Especially it makes it so nice, huh? Dude, it really did. And then so like uh I looked at an old video that we did uh when I filmed your car and I saw that you guys took off that big hose that comes off the clutch cover to make it even easier, so I just copied you. <laughs> <laughs> you just put that little um outerwear on it. Yeah, whatever it was, this that little filter, and I was like, Yes, now I look cool like Miles. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh yeah, but it's just been like um we've been running that Polaris for three years now, so it's just been all that knowledge from my dad, from all his background, from the whole moto industry stuff, just translating over. So all those parts that he builds, like he hates having to work on something after you buy it. So everything's just bolts right on. Everything's Sano. So. Yeah, exactly. And I love the moto inspired like design and colors and stuff. It always looks so sweet. Oh, yeah. All the hard anno and stuff. Yeah, it looks so good. Um, well, hey, so. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask uh, a couple questions. The first question I was going to say was you had a pretty good year, right? But what were some of the hardest things that you had to overcome this year? Because I know that it didn't go perfectly smooth. No racing season ever does. Yeah. Like some of the problems that we thought we had figured out coming into the year, like you don't like really know like what the car is going to do until you go out there and race it. Like you can do all the testing you want, but once you get out there and you're banging with some other cars, you still don't know. So we were having, um, low power steering problems and stuff, but that was just like the first couple of rounds and we got that figured out pretty easily. Then besides that, it was just, um, racing with Brock because he's so competitive too. And it's always fun racing with him because I know he's never going to do anything intentional or drive me dirty. It's always clean racing with him, but it's always, um, probably the toughest battle on the track is always with him. You guys have been racing together for a long time, though, so you kind of know their, your whole riding styles or driving styles. I know this, that, like, they always say that, like, about, uh, I don't know, Cooper Webb and Justin Barsha, and they compare it in motocross. Like, I feel like that's what these, like, new kids are doing, like, coming up from UTVs or trophy carts into UTVs and then going up into the bigger trucks and stuff. Yeah. So it's pretty cool to see that because a lot of that stuff wasn't the same 10 years ago in off-road. No, not at all. Like, like you just mentioned, the, the kids are coming up through trophy carts. Those trophy carts are state of the art, dude, and they're awesome. fast. They are, yeah. And oh, yeah. and if a, and if a a twelve thirteen year old learn how to drive like that, yeah, it's just gonna progress. You dude. know what I mean? And it's just it's awesome to see. You know? Do you think you could, Miles? Do you think you could go as fast as some of these new kids in their trophy carts? Because I feel like they're ripping, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, I still I think my generation of mod cart kids were pretty quick too. Um, there was a ton of fast kids that came out of it. Like I was still racing when Sheldon was in it. Oh um, yeah. You had Mitchie some Guthrie bad dogs. And Mitchell DeYoung. They, um, they were out of the, ch- or Sheldon was still in the class when I won the championship at the time. Then Bradley was in it. Brock was in it. Travis Pecoy, Dickerson. There was um ton of fast kids. Dude. Yeah. You had some big dogs in there too. Yeah. I remember that. And Sheldon's been doing good in his, uh, uh, NASCAR racing too, hasn't he? Oh, yeah, he's in, I'm not sure if it's the final eight or final four for the truck series chase, but I know he's still in it. That's pretty badass, man. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was leading the point when it was all started. 
we asked you this, I think, when you did a show like early on. Maybe we didn't. What's uh, if there was one other form of racing that you could try? What would it be? Ooh, I mean, dude, um, like we always preface it by saying, dude, you could drive like a ocean power boat or whatever they're called, like those longshore boats. You could drive <laughs> like a monster truck. You could go like Formula One. You do, you could do anything. I mean, even if it was mountain biking. I've, I've always wanted to do like um, the GT3 racing, like Le Mans style stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, like more like the 24 hours of Daytona and all that. I always thought that stuff would be a lot of fun. What car would you pick? Oof. I like the Mercedes. Dude, those ones are pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. Those ones are pretty badass, man. Um, So, you had a not very many hiccups this year, but uh, you had some pretty good battles and things like that. Do you remember one race that, like, off the top of your head that was your favorite race of the season? Um, let's see. Like, this last Friday... I ended up throwing it away and Brock ended up winning, but that last little bit of me putting pressure on Brock and we were just racing, that was a lot of fun. Well, when um, you, so let me, let me interrupt you here. He says he threw it away. Right. And he like, dude, the, the score, the timing and scoring at the end was like a hundredth of a second. <laughs> like yeah. that's how much the other <laughs> Brock won by. Yeah, no, that's, that's crazy. Both of them are super talented drivers. But what did yeah, you do? I, I you guess, had to come uh, back. You had to like regather yourself, or what? Um, I was leading it. Then right off the right off the mandatory caution, I biked it up in turn two, and he was able to get around me. Oh. Then after that, it was just I was trying, but I just couldn't get around him. But besides that, I had a lot of fun in Missouri. I really enjoy that track. Have you ever seen so that track? Me and I saw all pictures of it. No, that's it. No. There's some big ass jumps on that track, man. Were you guys able to clear that yeah. big table this year? Mm, like two out of the three days, I could. Like I could like just get the front tires over it one day, then the final two, I could like just barely make it. Dang, because it, dude, it's what 120 feet or something. It's like pretty big. Yeah, it's close to that, dude. It's 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 full wood full. in a UTV. Like, yeah. as fast as you can go. Like, pro lights are barely getting it. No kidding. Yeah. So, for Miles to say he can do it. Like, the turbo guys, I think they could do it pretty easy. But for Miles to say he could get over it, that means that um, – because Miles can drive very well. So, he's carrying a lot of momentum out of that corner. So, that Correct. means that probably 80% of the field in the normally aspirated UTV class probably couldn't get it. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. That's it's, cool. It's pretty badass. Um, so – the best question or the biggest question of the whole season that I wanted to ask you, what was the best meal that you cooked for the boys? Best the meal of the year? Yeah, best meal of the year. Let's see. Um, in Arizona, I did some pork shoulder and uh, put it on the Traeger for like four hours, wrapped it up, put it on the uh, Traeger for another four hours and pulled it apart, turned it into some pulled pork tacos. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty darn good. That was pretty good. That was probably my favorite one. So I did that. That was my first time doing it, actually. And ever since then, I think I made three of them since the Arizona race. Dang. <laughs> so you're basically hooked now. <laughs> oh, dude, I love it. It's so good. 
that was pretty cool to see you out there slanging the, the spatulas and stuff when I went to Arizona. <laughs> so um, that whole, are you uh, smarter than a third grader that we started? I think you guys were the first, uh, the first crew, you and Trevor were the first people to play that game. Um, it's pretty much taken off like wildfire. It's like getting to be way bigger, <laughs> which way bigger than the Dirt Life Show podcast. So this, are you smarter than a third grader is like the next level stuff. <laughs> I saw the um, the clips from out there at the ETV World Championships with Caden asking the questions. Yeah, that was pretty fun, dude. Uh, it was comedy. <laughs> you should have seen how bad some of the people choked, man. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Can only imagine. It it was it's pretty like f- such simple questions, but they just catch you off guard. Yeah, especially when you have a camera in your face and somebody just like me just comes up and bombards you with them. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, but uh, it, that's a good segment for sure. Well, uh, we really appreciate you coming on and talking to us about your championship, man. Um, I know that there was a whole bunch of little things in, uh, that happened during the year that you can be appreciative for, but I know that you got a really good team, your crew guys, everybody that really helped you out, man. So it's not just uh, miles driving. You have a big uh, crew that's a supporting mechanism for the whole championship. Yeah, for sure. It's my dad, he's 24-7, always thinking about it. Then my crew chief, Tim, I think he's hands down the – best crew chief out there like i know it's just a utv but you, you like every time we go out to the track i think i have this i think it's the best looking car there for sure dude it's always and he's always well. got that thing looking so crispy yeah. and everything spins perfect like you could ba- like lean on his car and if it's in neutral it'll just you'll just off. fall over because it'll just roll away it's so nice <laughs> miles yeah, going so he- miles going towards uh 2021 any changes to the to the the race schedule for for next year or you gonna stick with the same plan um still up in the air right now i i've been thinking about that texas series a lot i like that payout that they're doing yeah who doesn't like well they said this year was 40 grand they said next year it's supposed to be double i don't know if that's true like don't hold me to that but like could you imagine (laughs) winning a utv championship and getting paid let's just say 60 80 grand yeah, that would be. That would be insane. That help a lot. That's a yearly paycheck, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a <laughs> right. I'll yeah. just move to Texas. Exactly. Well, and plus, you in Texas, you'd be living like a king. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That, that is pretty cool, though. And I guess that goes back to what we were talking about, Joe. Like the whole growth of the industry is just insane. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's uh, the competition in the in the. In the UTV class, it's just as same as what it is in Pro Two and Pro Four and 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 Pro Light. You know, sometimes what I, mean? it's, I think it might even be bigger. It, yeah, because it's a. I mean, it's not as fast. Limited Pro. No, but it's still. I mean, you, well, you come you come down to hundreds of hundreds of a second. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's just that's amazing. Have you ever looked, Miles? Have you ever looked at to see how much different, uh, like maybe like look at the Pro Light lap times, look at the Pro Two lap times, and see how much difference they have between you guys? Um, every once in a while, I'll be pretty close with the pro lights and stuff, but, um, it's usually like I have a perfect track and their track's a little sloppy or something. Oh, but I'd say on average, they're probably faster about two seconds. So yeah, maybe a second and a half. That's not much though. When you think about a 45 to a minute track, like that's still pretty close, dude. Mm -hmm. Like back in the Rhino days, it would be like, yeah, I think there's. I think at um, Missouri, one of the Turbo UTVs had like the fastest lap of the day or something. No way. Really? 
Seriously. Yeah, it was like on, I think it was like a Thursday practice day or something. It's probably because they could cut so quick going through some of those infield sections because they got some pretty tight sections on there. I bet you that UTV made up a lot of ground on those big trucks. Like if you were to do like a, a ghost lap or whatever, like a computer lap, I bet you that's where they gained mm-hmm. most of their time. Because going down those straightaways, there's no way they could keep up. But yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and just like the four-wheel drive coming off those tight corners too. Yeah, four-wheel drive is like know. cheating, dude. The the, the braking is <laughs> you brake way later and your acceleration is way quicker. And yep. It's... It's a lot lighter. You know what I mean? It's oh, yeah. 1,500 pounds versus 4,000. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, uh, well, yeah, like I said, Miles, congratulations yep. on the championship. That's pretty badass, dude. We're stoked for you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. So, um, all right, what's on the uh, on the menu for this week, then? What do you got cooking for the family since you got to uh, celebrate this week? Oof! I don't know. We haven't planned out anything too much. My uh, my mom just cooked dinner tonight. She did some pork chops and some stuff. But I don't know. Maybe we'll do a tri-tip later on in the week or something. Are you going to do like a celebration dinner this coming weekend? Since you're not going to be at the track. Uh, we had one last Sunday or yesterday with the crew. Ooh, we went out nice. to a little steakhouse around here. Hell yeah. That's awesome, dude. All right. So, um, yeah, like I said, man, congratulations on the championship. That's really cool. Thank you very much for inviting me into your pits when uh, we were at Wild Horse. I had a good time with you guys. And uh, obviously just seeing you guys was uh, was pretty amazing to get, to get back to racing. So, again, congratulations. Thank you, guys. Um, and, of course, anytime, you're always welcome in our pit, George. Thanks, homie. We'll see you guys soon. All right. Thank you. Later. Have a good one. Later. Every time I hang up with him or or talk to him in the pits, like I always think to myself, God, how co- what a good composed kid he is! Like, yeah. re- really, just a good kid. You know what I mean? Like, so he goes out there and races. Then he's a chef for the whole crew and the whole team. But he's not just making sandwiches. Like he's going <laughs> like dry tip, and yeah, pulled pork. Yeah, no, it's well, and and part of that I feel is why he's in the championship. You know, in championship ranks, he's got a cool head. He doesn't race with a hot head. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. And he's keeping the crew guys happy. The most important part, right? <laughs> For sure, dude. So, talk about uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Moral inspiration. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's bellies are full. They're mm. going up to the starting line, all sweet. Um, do we have any comments coming in? Yeah, Yamaha guys are pissed. Yeah, unfortunately. So Miles drives that Polaris Razor RS one, and there was. Um, I don't know, 90% of the field is, is Yamaha, Yamaha. so uh, it is unfortunate. I know that uh, in 2021, there might be a, a couple more Yamahas that go out there that uh, give them a run for the money in the championship. It's just cool to see how much competitiveness is going on in the UTV classes, even in the turbo class, man. Um, we haven't got to all the comments yet, but thank you very much, Mike, for the comment. Great job in Havasu, George. You slayed it. I appreciate it. We were going a little bit slower than I had actually wanted to. Like, I feel like I uh, could have pushed it a little bit more, but what? Hindsight's twenty twenty. every race, right? I was oh, leading sure. until I broke. Like, you know, like it's one of those things and we finished the race. That's what matters. Uh, we came home with an eighth place, eighth place finish in the, uh, I don't know what it, I think it's a production normally aspirated class. And I think there was probably 20 or 30 guys out there. So yeah. we did a decent job. My lap times were pretty fast. And uh, out of all, I think it was around 70 cars, 60, 70 cars that were on track, we came home 19th. So <laughs> That's not bad at all. Dude, check this out, though. 
this is going to blow your mind. So my number has always been 19 on my dirt bike. Oh, yeah. Got number 19 when we raced side-by-sides. I got 19th place overall, 19 months to the almost the day that I had my accident. Mm -hmm, Yeah. And I got hurt when I was 19 years old. Wow. <laughs> like, dude, what the, like, I started thinking about it and I like got chills because I was like, this is creepy. Like, Trying to go the, buy a lotto ticket or something. <laughs> dude, yeah, right? Like, so I I wonder if that happens to other people, man. Um, and yeah, we had a couple of other comments that can, I can't see those on on, uh, on YouTube there. Can you see them, Joe? Um, uh, Trailblazer. Uh, the Carrion <laughs> Orange Show. Yep, it's the Carrion Orange Show. So we're going to um, get them on the line here in just a little bit. Um, but before we do, like I said, I want to thank all our sponsors and thank you guys for joining us. So we really appreciate it. Um, we're going to go to a commercial break in just a second here. And uh, actually, let's just go right now. We'll be right back with Carrion uh, Orange. Hello, I'm Justin, the founder of Shock Therapy. Shock Therapy has been around for five years, but we have personally been tuning suspension on off-road cars and race vehicles for over 25 years. We tune between 10 and 15 cars per day every single day of the week. Our concentration is tuning shock systems and supplying components that improve the ride quality of your car in many ways. Not only do we work on the average UTV, but we also tune suspension for race teams and professional drivers. Currently tuned for over 87 race teams in Beston Desert and SCORE. Our clients and race teams rely on our suspension components to allow them to win races and keep them safe. Suspension is a moving target. We are always trying to hit that target with every customer that we work with. Each customer's needs can be different and we tune our kits accordingly. Our research and development never stops. We improve our components every single day. As the industry evolves and improves, so do our parts and kits. As of right now, we have over 100 products for UTVs. So when you bring your car to us, you have the satisfaction of knowing that you have the most experience, the highest quality products, and the fact that your car is being tuned specifically to you. Zollinger Racing builds the best aftermarket products available, products for your UTV or snowmobile, including billet radius rods, billet tie rods, billet steering knuckles, billet steering racks, alternator kits, and much more. All manufactured in the United States in-house at their headquarters in Nibley, Utah. Travis Zollinger and his team test in some of the most brutal conditions, racing in places like the best in the desert, Mint 400, Ultra 4 King of the Hammers, UTV World Championships, and many more. Visit ZollingerRacingProducts.com and use the code DIRTLIFE to get 10% off your next purchase and join us on social media at Zollinger Racing Products to see our products in action. Zollinger Racing, the best products, period. 
finally, we got Lance from Solderweld in the studio. Uh, Thanks for coming down, bud. Hey, why don't we just record a commercial now? Yeah, why not? So good to be here, man. It's been a lot. I'm trying to get down here forever, uh, and I uh, wanted to talk about the off-road kit. Dude, I love those things. I got it in uh, my pack. Yeah, we're running uh, hundreds of uh, vehicles now running them, whether it's a UTV or some guy's got it in a backpack and was motocross. He's got uh, everything he needs to make a fix right there on the fly, out on the trail, uh, or in the desert, whatever it is. Well, since I've already used one, I kind of know what to use it for, but uh, explain what it does. All right, so let's pull one out real quick. You've got your aluminum rods. Remember, they're rods. Right. So, uh, you know, light torch, small torch, you can uh, throw it in there or throw it on the rig with your flux. It decontaminates and cleans like, a, let's say, a radiator. You get a random rock chip runs through uh, as you're racing. You get a rock chip and a radiator. You got to fix it right there or you're yep. out of the race. You can patch it up. Instead you can of patch it up. It's all good to go. Yep. Just like welding. Yeah. Also, as well with that, you've got a brake line fix. So uh, with your flux, you can fix a uh, brake line, stainless steel, steel. And then uh, your Hoplock heat absorption putty. So it yep. keeps you from getting burned, number one, as well as keeps the heat from traveling. So uh, it's really, uh, really nice. I've used this not even to fix anything. So it's, that stuff works <laughs> so good, man. Listen, it's easy. It's uh, It straps in nicely so that you uh, have everything you need in one little place. And you don't have to carry a big bag in it's the It's like a uh, first truck. aid uh, kit for your vehicle. Yeah. Chase trucks have it as well so that, uh, you know, if they need to make a fix on the fly, they can get it done and get it done quick and get you back in the race. Dude, those things are so cool. All right. So it's at SolderWeld on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, SolderWeld.com. Awesome. All right. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Yeah, we are back. Man, it's already kicking off to be a great show, episode 60 of the Dirt Life Show, and we'd like to welcome uh, Carrie and Oren. They are the owners of Track and Trail Off-Road. Um, I can't really figure out how to say Carrie's last name. Oren's <laughs> last name is Anderson, so we're going to have to ask her about that. But um, they live their dirt life like nobody's business, man. Carrie actually works on vehicles herself. Uh, she probably could teach Oren a thing or two. Oren is a fantastic co-driver. Uh, he's been in the off-road industry for a long time. I know him. Uh, I think I actually shook his hand one time at Casey Curry's shop uh, back in the day. Uh, Joe knows him from uh, the well going uh, going back to the Lucas Oil stuff with yeah. with Casey Curry and all them yeah, yeah and even continuing on with the Bryce Menzies program Correct. so we would like to welcome uh, Oren Anderson and Carrie Romanishan oh, okay Romanishan. to the show thank you guys very much for joining us we really appreciate it thank thank you guys for having us this is a super cool deal and it's excited to kind of talk dirt life with with uh, buddies and, and race family and stuff like that. So it's cool. When was the last time you guys actually got to, uh, I think, Mint 400 maybe, or, or Vegas Arena, when you guys actually got to hang out with your Dirt family? Uh, yeah, Vegas Arena was the last the last run for us, and that was a good run for us. But, you know, with everything the, way the world is working right now, it was, you know, after the race, it was a load up and get out. So we didn't get as much time to hang out with everyone as we'd like. Uh, but it was still great to go out and race and spend some time in the desert. Yeah, totally. I can definitely agree with that, man. Like I said, at the UTV World Championship, it was just so awesome seeing everybody. Even if I got last place, I would have been totally fine seeing everybody. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no, it's, it's – everybody's such a – a good, happy family, and we're all having fun together and living our dirt life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. So um, we're going to get into it in a little bit and kind of get your guys' backstory. Um, but, like, on a daily basis, what do you guys usually do at Track and Trail Off-Road? Uh, herd, herd cats? Is, yeah. that, is, that, is that good? Yeah, it's like herding cats. But it, <laughs> <laughs> herdsmen. But, uh, but, no, we you know, we've got a, a – really good thing going here and uh we're just north of daytona beach florida 
in uh, Ormond Beach. So we do a lot of Jeep stuff, just kind of an anything off-road customized shop. Uh, right now, the, the Jeeps have been very popular, but we like doing truck stuff and side-by-sides as well. Um, oh, so we you do get to work on side-by-side stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's a little different. The, the East Coast vibe is a little different than the West Coast as far as, you know, side-by-sides. I think out there is more, you know, what shock tune and, and what suspension package is going to help me go 85 miles an hour through knee-deep whoops. Over here, it's how big of portals do I need to turn these 42-inch traction tires through six feet of water. So it's just it's different, but still, still enthusiasts. So Joe and I, I don't think I've ever gotten to experience, um, I don't want to say mud life, but um, yeah, so like the the portals and all those bigger tires and stuff like that. But I do see a commonality between all of these guys. Like all of them are listening to good music. All of them are having, uh, well, getting hydrated as much as possible. <laughs> and everybody is laughing and smiling the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's just the whole dirt life. That's what it is. Yeah, well, I think over there it's mud life, though, right? Yeah, no, and it's funny. He, yeah. he says that I have oh. a uh, a customer that just dropped off a car last week. Yeah, he bought his. Uh, it's a Polaris Razor two seater. Mm-hmm. He had bought it from some gentleman in Illinois. Okay, and it's a rock crawler mud car. Got portals on it. It's Even in Illinois, completely different from what we have here, and it's kind of. It's uh, it's a little bit of a challenge, but it's it's fun. I enjoy it. <laughs> Teaching Joe a new trick. <laughs> oh man, this thing is yeah. He's got rock tires on it, and you know all kinds of good stuff. But it's it's cool. Uh, we already had a comment coming in from uh, it looks like Laura Max. She said, "Hi, Carrie and Oren. We love you guys and miss you." Yeah, it's all, we got a good yeah. family support uh, group back here on the East Coast. Yeah, and, and on the West. Oh, I don't know if it, I don't know if this is uh, who's saying this. I mean, I think uh, Carrie's probably going to have something to say about this. But Kelly Corey says Oren is so cute. <laughs> so, fanboys, uh, Joe, do you know who Kelly Corey is? I don't so, know if I saw her face. Probably he. It's a he. Uh, so. see? <laughs> see? Yeah. So you don't see? know. You don't know who that person is, do you? No. Yeah. <laughs> girl but uh no kelly, kelly actually navigated for mark post and jerry welchel and oh Rob. Like he was, okay he, he worked at riviera racing for a very long time so he's actually you know one of the first people i got to know working for that team and stuff like that mm-hmm. he's a one of the most terrible pranksters <laughs> that he's the worst kind because you wouldn't suspect it from him because he's usually nice and quiet but he is never short on the uh the comments on social media and stuff like that oh he's one of those okay well kelly you're feel free to keep commenting in because we'll just pass along whatever goodness you have and we'll see what happens but um yeah and then uh janet craft says carrie and Oren, hi um so it's really cool to actually see these comments coming in i love when shows get uh, the interaction like this because it means that you really do have a lot of people that care about you and uh clearly living your dirt life has been you know able to make a lot of friends we have that uh, with a lot of uh, with a lot of our guests, but since you guys are, uh, we'll call it dirt life teammates, you guys probably get double the friends, right? I mean, it's nice because they're all shared friends. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not like one for the other group; it's just one big group. Yeah. Do you ever go home being like, "Oh, that person likes me, not you"? Sorry. <laughs> I feel like all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I lose. I always lose. Yeah. Right. Every. When we hang out with people, they just tell me that I'm around because she's around. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Steve Menzies tells me that all the time that I'm on there. So. 
Well, yeah. that's good that you guys can all laugh and do fun stuff like that. So um, while we have uh, everybody uh, that's listening to the show right now, one of the coolest things that I wanted to just get out of the way so we can talk off-roading is that you guys truly do live your dirt lives. You even, at the Mint 400 this year, proposed to carry while you guys were dirty on the podium. That's, that's true. I did. Uh, you know, I learned early on in this relationship that she was not a – uh, sunset or, you know, pretty white sand beach or mountaintop proposal kind of girl. Uh, she, I mean, she, she, she's a, she's into the racing stuff as much, if not more than I am. So that's, you know, where our, our off-road family is at. That's as important to us as our, you know, as our, as our, you know, blood family. So to have as many of those people together as we could in one spot, and then to do it where, you know, we, luckily we had a good run. So it wasn't like proposing in the parking lot of Prim Valley broke down. <laughs> Did you tell Brian, hey, were you sitting in the, in the passenger seat, the co-driving and just saying, Bryce, we got to go, like, we got to conserve the truck, man. I got to make it up onto the stage. <laughs> uh, I mean, he luckily, you know, Bryce, Bryce is really good at setting up, uh, not just a finishing pace, but a really fast finishing pace. But uh, it was like the last the last speed section coming back into to print where, I mean, where there's like five miles of the race left and, and we're just cruising along as dark. And, and he just leans over and goes, Oh, you gotta be nervous, man. This is not <laughs> for sure. I'm nervous for you. And, uh, it was just cool to, you know, share that moment. But now luckily, like I said, he, he was, he was driving the wheels off that thing, but the whole Menzies team does a great job of, making sure that truck stays together and uh and we got her there hey so joe you could probably uh agree with this i'll put it in perspective a little bit so Oren makes it sound like it's easy right like so they're probably doing 80 miles an hour in a trophy truck and he's telling Oren that Oren's the nervous guy like why he's driving <laughs> yeah, 80 miles an hour in a trophy truck through bumps and stuff that's a that's a pretty good dirt life story right there if you ask me yeah no it's it's tough there's so much work that both of them the navigator and the driver are doing that that uh, it's nice to be able to have that bond between yeah. driver and navigator. Like I said, you're doing 80, 90, 100 mile an hour. And you're just having a conversation. <laughs> About you, you know how nervous I mean? he is for his proposal? <laughs> Correct. You know, at the end of a 400 mile race and you're both tired and you're dirty and you, you know. But it's, it's the light at the end of the tunnel. You can see it and it's. You got to do it. Yeah, exactly. So um, we're going to start talking about some of the uh, the stuff that you guys do. But how was it coming up? Like uh, you finish the race, you come through the finish line and you're like, OK, now it's go time. Like what's the next <laughs> what's the next step for for Oren? Is he like, where is she at? Where is she at? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely that, uh, you know, that kind of obviously the butterflies in the gut. But there's so much stuff going on. I think that actually helped, you know, right. like the whole team. Every, you know, we're just trying to get a team picture and get everyone up there and, and, uh, you know, just all, all of our friends that are finishing around us. And I was really lucky. My, uh, my mom was able to make it out to that as well. So, you know, and it's like, all right, where's mom at? She's five foot tall. She's hard to spot in the crowd. So that was some work, but it, it was all things that kind of helped take the, the real pressure out of it. So finally it was just the, the window popped up where I could, you know, drag her up there and try to keep it as much a surprise as possible. And, you know, Bryce was standing up there f with me for a picture and he just ducked out and kind of gave me that. <laughs> He's like, all right, yeah. the stage is yours, buddy. Let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was cool. And I'm, I was super lucky. She actually said yes. She didn't run off and <laughs> got to the desert. 
it was good. Oh man, that is awesome. Yeah, she didn't throw mud in your face and bail out. Like, <laughs> yeah, hop in the truck and leave me up there by myself. Uh, we had a couple more comments come in that says, uh, "Yeah, Orin and Carrie, uh, genuinely awesome people. Uh, they officiated my wedding. I can't wait for theirs." Uh, that was from Krista. Uh, Tabby was the one that sent in the other one and, uh, oh yeah, Joe has lots of code dog stories too. It's actually pretty funny that, uh, there's a lot of similarities that you guys share, isn't there? Like you, yeah. and, you and Oren, but, uh, l- let's save those, make, make sure we come back to those. Cause I want to talk to Carrie a little bit too. So, um, so we're going to just finish up the proposal and then we're going to talk about off-roading. So w- did you have any idea that this was happening? Like any idea, like any inclination? I, I had no idea because we had, you know, obviously we've talked about it, but it was like, all right, well, he's successfully like just played it. You know, we've just kind of played it like, oh, well, that'll be a later thing, later thing. We're like, when it's not, when it doesn't involve our, like the chaos of the dirt life, we, we have a tendency to just put it off. <laughs> so I, that was just kind of my mindset too. So when he did it, I was like, oh my, how did you pull that off? I, he, it was he did so good. I could not have even imagined it being any better, which again, I, I can't believe I didn't even get something. I mean, I figured he'd blow it somewhere. So I always feel like the, I always feel like the, the total giveaway is how did you measure her finger and how did you do it too with the Yesenia Joe? Like, how do you know the size? Like, where do you get the size from? Cause I know, I know my tricks that I did, but how did you guys get them? I just kind of gave it a wild, wild guess. Oh really? Yeah. Dang, dude! Your, did your wild guess work out? No, but <laughs> that's all right. It wasn't about that. It was more, you know, yeah. on the whole deal. Did how did you Joe, do it, Orn? Joe, was it too big or too small? It was uh, you, uh, too small, actually. Okay, so I went in there and I just said, "Give me the biggest band you <laughs> fit." That's the funniest part about that is. First off, I don't. I have gigantic feet, so I don't know if maybe he just assumed my ring size would be huge, <laughs> but it would not have fit on my big toe. So I <laughs> on my finger, and I was like clutching my fingers together as close tight as I could, so I didn't whip it across the stage. But that thing was <laughs> nowhere near it. It was so funny, and he's just like, I don't know. I just told him to get me the biggest one they had. Yeah, apparently, they got. Big fingered women out there. That- <laughs> you could fit a silver dollar through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should have checked when, when it didn't fit on my hand. I should have known I went too far, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't get a chance. It. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, well, uh, I'm glad we got to start off the show with uh, that happy uh, time for you guys. It was really cool to see that stuff that you guys posted on social media. That was one of the uh, the catalysts, actually, that, to get me to understand who you guys were as a team. And um, obviously, I've seen you around a couple times, Oren, I think at arm's length, but it was neat to be yeah. able to see that, man. Like, I couldn't have been more happy for you guys. And I don't even know, know you guys that much, so it's awesome. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you so much. What did you think about when you saw it, Joe? I, I mean, it's that uh, it's it's cool. It's it's hard to do that, um, being from a male. You know what I mean? Yeah, male, but uh, male perspective, I guess you would say. But when like the relationship that that you guys have working together and the whole dirt life and everything together, it just it's two peas in a pod. It just kind of happens, and it's you know. There's no challenge about it. No, that just happens, and it's great. You know? I, yeah, I yeah. guess that's a good transition to fast forward into it. How's it like driving to work every day together? <laughs> so, so you say driving to work, but 
it's driving to work, it's all day at work, it's home from work, it's dinner, it's like you really get to know each other. I mean, there's no secrets, there's no, correct. you know, nothing's off limits. I mean, and, and I think it's, you know, I, had you told me before we started dating that I would be with somebody like nonstop 24-7 and it would work out, I would have told you no way. But I think you, it just with the right person, it just clicks and you can get away with that. I mean, if we're if I'm working here till 4 a.m., she's here till 4 a.m. Like if we're if we're, you know, crazy late night projects, seven days a week, we're, we're in it. And it's like a, a real team. And that part, you know, I really appreciate because, you know, she, she's not only is she into it, but she's helpful. Right. She's actually val- she's like a very valuable part of this team. Like, I don't think I could do it with anyone else, guy or girl. So it's cool to get to do that together and, and accomplish stuff and still go out racing and go on adventures with friends or, you know, overlandy kind of stuff. It's just, it's a, it's a, you know, truly is, you know, awesome that we get to do this much stuff. together. Yeah, it is cool. And it's cool to see that, uh, that you guys can do that. So there's a couple things that I wanted to say. And the first one was, is that, I know that Carrie is like a really awesome person to work with because she was like the level of detail and, and stuff that she did in a couple emails that we had and conversations that we had before the show to get them on the show. I was like, dude, like I need to hire her. Like maybe they can move to Arizona because like her, <laughs> she kicks ass at work. <laughs> and then uh, the other thing I was going to say is the reason I said driving home, driving to work together was because I wanted to follow up by saying driving home too, because you said the go, you know, work until 4 a.m. But I guarantee you, you guys have had a shitty day at the shop and been like, oh, this drive home is going to suck. But somehow it just keeps working, right? <laughs> It yeah. does, and then sometimes it just turns into no drive home, and we end up just sleeping on the couch. Yeah, stay here. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, you know, I I might try it, you know, and bottle something up and just put it aside. But she uh, she never lets that happen. There is no bottling it up and saving it for later <laughs> or hoping it goes away. We just deal with it at the time it happens, and then try and move on from there. That's cool. Well, let's get, uh, I'll ask uh, each single question and maybe you guys could, uh, Carrie can start and then Oren can answer them. But um, what was the things that literally got you guys to start, you know, maybe growing up in the dirt? Like where did the, the dirt life start for you guys when you guys were younger? So the dirt life started here. I was born and raised here. Um, obviously, I and that's in Florida, this, right? And that's in Florida. Yep. Ormond Beach. Um, so I, I originally thought, okay, well, I'm going to do something in motorsports. I thought being in the Daytona area would be NASCAR. Um, and then the more I got involved with that, the more I realized it would be so little to do with the actual racing side of it that I just started to grow away from that. Um, and I always watched the short course off-road on TV. Um, and as soon as I graduated college, I just I sent out my resumes and then um, got hired on with the sanctioning body. So that just turned into and just snowballed from there. I ended up doing um, organizing some rallies and then doing doing the off road series, um, and then ended up doing uh, Red Bull Global Rally Cross, and then doing some Nitro Circus stuff here and there. So it just kind of yeah. But know, before that, like your high school time. Oh, before that, we were in the uh, in the woods. Oh. In the woods. I've I was kind of a. Yeah. From from the pictures I've seen, she was the chick that had the toolbox on the back of her pickup truck, and she had a bunch of shackles and recovery ropes. So people would call her when they'd get nice. stuck, go out there to help her friends, like 
get out of the swamp or out of the, the woods, trails, and all that stuff. Okay, so um, this is not a product pitch or anything, but this is a perfect time to introduce this. So our buddies at, at Solderweld that help out the show, they make these little, they're like an emergency off-road repair kit. I don't know how good you guys can see it, but um, it's basically like a first aid kit. It's just a little bit bigger than my hand. You can see it, but you can keep these on board and anything and you can repair or bond any type of metal with these things. So it's like a uh, welding on the trail kind of thing. All you need is a little map gas thing. So we always keep these on, uh, on board when we do a, uh, a race or even when we go out trail riding and stuff. And I wanted to just introduce it to you guys. Not, like I said, not a product pitch, but I think it'd be cool uh, for uh, some of the stuff that you guys do and some of the stuff that your guys' friends do. Cause it's exactly oh, what yeah, you yeah. exactly what Carrie would do with her truck when she started. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a, that's a good time. Listen, at one point, I think I even had like, I have a 12 foot CB antenna, you know, they call them the whip antennas. I don't know if that was even a thing out West, but it was here. And Orrin was like, what the hell is that? I'm like, it's for my CB. (laughs) And he's like, what? You're what? Are you a trucker? Carrie got the ham radio. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, it was, you know, there's still, it's all enthusiasts either side of the country. It's just sometimes the, the different. gear is a little different. Correct. Now, Carrie, did did was your family involved in, in the off-road stuff as you were growing up, or did you just have a niche for it? No. I mean, my grandfather was. He was always big into hot rods, stuff like that. I definitely I, I definitely got into that side of it from him. But my, my family, my dad played for the New England Patriots. They were all about sports. That's, they're hmm. dedicated. That's what I was all the way until it got me through college. But I just got to a certain point where it was like, all right, it's time for, I've always wanted to, I wanted to be into racing. I wanted to race at least something, you know? So it was like, all right, now's, now's the time. So kind of a little bit grew up growing up around it, but mostly just kind of just started to become, yeah. Just That's pretty cool. so hobby. Does, does that mean that you did race then? No, no, it's, we, we've competed like to, yeah. 36 hours of URA, which is like an overland challenge. And she did a bunch of the driving stuff in that. Who won? We split. Huh? You mean competed against each other or you guys competed together? We are a a team like in the same vehicle. It's more like a Jeep off-roading challenge, but a lot of the the driving stuff that she was doing a ton of that driving stuff. She'd be danger. Like she'd be on behind the wheel of a side-by-side or something like that. And that's hopefully in the not too distant future, but it just hasn't happened yet. Dude, that's cool. Well, I know you guys have a bunch of ins with side-by-side guys, but if for whatever reason you guys want a side-by-side to rip around and practice racing, feel free to hit me up. I'd love to have you guys check it out. So what about if you guys go to K1 Speed? Who's winning? That's tough. I used to think it would be me, but she's she's real aggressive. There's no no saying that I'd make it out of turn one in one piece. That's like... How she gets on in anything, everything turns into a competition, whether it's, you know, sand, just jet skiing, sand of jet skiing or anything we do. It's always it's never just for fun. It always ends up getting super competitive. So, like, we'll go to Top Golf, but I don't know if I'll go to a go-kart track with her because I don't want <laughs> no, I don't want to know what's going to happen if we go there. Dude. Yeah, we, we had a little uh, tricycle. How, how many CC tricycle was that there? Our, our friend's got a, a gas-powered drift tricycle like down the street. So it's this stupid PVC wheeled gas powered 360 machine. So even that, like we can't even go have fun on that without it turning like, all right, well I get I bet I could do two 360s in a row. All right, well I'll take the governor off. I'll do three 360. And it's (laughs) where by the end of it, we're both hurt. 
It's not even fun anymore. It's just a freestyle competition in a go kart. <laughs> Always. Hey, well, she did work for Nitro Circus, so she at least knows more than you about freestyle stuff, right? <laughs> for sure, I won't argue that. Yeah. Uh, so we had a couple more comments come in uh, that say, uh, "Yeah, can't be around Orin without laughing." And then uh, Terry Mim said, uh, "It's a Florida cracker thing, right, Carrie?" I don't know what that means, but <laughs> it sure is. So, um, do you do you remember? I think we went for your birthday. We went to K One Speed, and we had like ten dudes out yeah. there just battling yeah, so that, hard. That was just, like you said; it just turned into old motocross days, just wheel the wheel. Well, I know that at one point, like somebody got clean air and they got like the top three of the month, like lap time. So we knew we were fast, but the rest of the time it was just bumper cars the whole time. <laughs> Drifting and just, yeah, it was good times. Uh, yeah. Play that line of not getting kicked out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause you know, the, the whistle's getting blown and you're getting pointed at yeah. at some point, right? <laughs> oh yeah. So what got you into uh, the dirt life, Warren? Did you have family and stuff? Uh, my, my dad used to race, uh, like desert races back in the seventies. So he was doing Barstow to Vegas and all that stuff. Um, you know, I, I'd say more for his own, you know, personal goals. It was never to like make a a living at it, but he just liked to race. So, you know, we, we got into dirt bikes and stuff like that really early on. And, uh, he also loved going to Baja. So we, we would go and take a sketchy, you know, 28 foot open trailer with a truck camper balanced on the front and a bunch of three wheelers and, and quads down to Mexico when I was two. So, you know, I, it wasn't on the competitive side, but, you know, me and my brothers grew up doing, you know, d- really living the dirt life almost every weekend. So that was really cool. And then uh, just it, I went to San Clemente High School and there's a pretty good off road community down there and a lot yeah. of really talented desert race you know, veterans live in that area. And, uh, 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 Jeff Lewis, who was a factory Chevy team McPherson team member for a very long time. He, he lived there and opened up a shop and I just started going there and volunteering after high school. And then that grew into, you know, racing with, uh, uh, with my friends, the, the Harden family. And then from there meeting the Riviera guys and asking if I could come help them clean up at the shop. And then that, you know, it just kept growing, but it was just a slow progression over the last thirty something years. You guys can probably get along with this too, and Joe, I know Joe already does, but we have a, a bunch of younger kids that come either come on the show or they chime into the show, and we see them all at the races, just like you guys do. And they always ask, like, how can I get into racing or how can I get into doing stuff? And Oren just brought up a good point. Like, he knew that lending his time to these teams was invaluable, right? Because it, it does two things. It, it, first of all, teaches you everything you need to know. Um, but that's the simple part, right? Establishing these relationships with these people is the, the most crucial part and the best part about the whole thing. Because now you're, you're really, really creating value for the rest of your life. Correct. Correct. And you're, you're investing your own time to go, you know, volunteer and help out with somebody. And, and, uh, those people see that. Yeah. They see that you're, you know, this kid just did high school all day long, and now he's coming over here to sweep shop, sweep yeah. up the floors and stuff. And he wants to be here, and and that shows. Or you can actually look at it on the on the from Carrie's perspective too, because she didn't go like well, at least in the story she told us, she didn't go sweep the shops or or learn how to weld. And she was out there like on trail helping these people. Sure and actually doing it that way. So um, if there are younger kids listening to this episode, take note and, and understand that they 
they really had passion for it, just like you guys probably do. And they went out and just started knocking on doors and just making sure that things happened for them that they were passionate about. So just follow what uh, what you guys are happy with. Oh, here's a good one. Uh, Patrick Flint uh, commented in and says, Pappy says hi. Uh, proud to see you two doing great in the off-road sport. Pat- Patrick's hey, another local friend that probably probably one of the nicest guys in the in the world. One of the, that's really cool to see him watching this and hanging out. It's kind of late back here, so. Well, what I'm thinking here is I'm kind of sensing a little bit of a trend. So we got all these people commenting in, guys and gals. I'm thinking that they the local go kart track after this episode is going to get <laughs> real competitive over there in Florida. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I love the local go kart track. Our local go-kart track is right outside these yeah, doors. it's just out front, <laughs> the street of the shop. Sweet. That's even better, man. Yep. So um, you guys can have some hydration afterwards, too. <laughs> or maybe before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that hydration. Yeah. Just got to have some hydration. So, um, all right. So we kind of got a little bit of the backstory and understood that you guys obviously put in a good amount of work to, to start living your dirt life the way that you wanted to. Um, what was kind of the maybe the next step that, that you went down, Carrie, to you were out there on the trail helping fix people's cars. And, and obviously you were having fun. You were still, you know, we'll call it trail riding or, or off-roading. And what was the next thing that you did? Because you're, you know, got to start making money at some point, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like I said, I went, I went to, um, I got a degree in sport management. Um, so I, in my mind, it was always kind of motorsport management. <laughs> so after that, um, like I said, I just got in touch with the sanctioning bodies and kind of started from there. And then it just, it slowly just kind of progressed into a career and realizing how much I loved the racing side of it. But I wanted to I had always in the back of my mind wanted to do something like an off-road shop, like build in my mind at the time may have been mud trucks <laughs> would have, what has grown into mega truck racing, which that's, that's a different conversation. Is that the same, but, is that the same as, uh, as, uh, uh, Jim Winning's truck, the mud trucks, you know, in, in, in the late eighties and early nineties. Is that the Warren, same thing that she's talking about? Very similar, yeah. We used to mud race a lot when I was growing up, um, yeah. with a big fifty-four inch tire and and, and but the of skinny, that sort. the real skinny tires, correct, right? Correct. And and uh, what motor do you guys have in those things? Big, huge, big box? Yeah, they were big, big, big yeah. block motors and alcohol injected and you know all that stuff. But it was how'd you guys keep transmissions in them? Same. You didn't. <laughs> yeah, you didn't. Really? You just kept building and and it's just you know just like everything else in the in the racing industry, off-road industry. People keep getting better at doing different things and better materials and better products, and eventually you do good. But do you have any do you have any pictures from those days, Carrie? Oh yeah, I would love for you to send me a couple so we could post them online. <laughs> All right, that would be super cool to see that, and because I I know that a lot of people that are in our audience don't know about those trucks or about that type of racing because well it's it's older, right? Like I don't know, do they still do it over there or no? Yeah, the, the mega, what they call mega trucks are, are just, I mean, it's exactly what Joe was explaining. They're just big motor, big horsepower, super tall, tra- uh, like tractor tires, and they haul ass. They hit some big tabletops, big flatlander jumps. It's almost like monster truck stuff on skinny tires. Like they're fast, 
they're, they're wild, man. They're crazy to watch. The ones oh. I remember were like just like a metal strut for a shock, though. Like now they're like have like have shocks and like big shocks and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. No, the the the, the mega trucks like back east and all that. Um, they're yeah, they got top of the line Dude. shocks and king and coilovers, and and it's you gotta send me some pictures. <laughs> I gotta see this. But, you just got to come out and go to one of the events with yeah, us. No, All right, I mean, that, would, yeah. that would be neat. I'd love to do that. That would be cool. But yeah. he's hydrating. Everyone is so <laughs> wild. <laughs> and it's all it's all in the mud. That's you know, cool. Everybody in ATVs, UTVs, trucks, you know. So not only are they hydrating their internals, they're hydrating their externals, exactly. too. It's good for oh, the skin. Yeah. Good exfoliation. <laughs> all healthy. It's all healthy. Uh, we had a couple more comments come in that, uh, tab, yeah, Tabby Kelly said, nah, it's going to be Jeep races. Well, dude, if it's going to be Jeep races with bumper cars, that's going to be expensive. You guys are going to have a busy week fixing everybody's stuff afterwards at the shop. Oh, like, we got a fleet of customer vehicles in here right now, so, you know, we'll just work it into the, to the build. So, um, we're going to start getting into this a little bit, uh, here, but, uh, Lewis, uh, Zavis says, uh, so stoked to see Oren and Carrie, uh, under their own roof, uh, a lot of sacrifices, uh, to get where he is or to get where they are. So that is actually one of the points that I want to talk about. It's a little further in our conversation, but let's just talk about it now. Like nobody understands how a business gets started unless they're in the business. Right. So you know, when I look at it from an outside standpoint, it looks like you guys have a successful Jeep and truck company that, you know, you have fun on the weekends and stuff like that. Maybe you guys could give us a little bit of the backstory to help us understand, like Carrie kind of gave us a little bit of the business side and her uh, degree and stuff. But Oren, you put in a lot of work to be able to get this point. And then what was the next step when you guys met to start this thing? I mean, I mean I'm trying to think that you know, she definitely brought the business side to the table and that's been tremendously helpful. Um, I had a decent amount of years of experience doing, you know, off-road vehicles and kind of knowing what, what, what I thought was, you know, correct and functional and safe and driving good. So, you know, it, it just was something we kicked around about just, you know, having our own kind of controlling our own destiny. I mean, I, I was very, I'm very fortunate to have worked for all the people that I worked for and, you know, the Curry's and, and all the people that really helped me kind of get the confidence and, and the connections to, you know, kind of go out on, on our own. Uh, and then it was just a combination of that. And then coming and visiting Florida and it's so different than, you know, California or Arizona, Nevada, but there's still so many enthusiasts. It, it's just like, I, I don't want to say it's an untapped market because there's a lot of good stuff happening out here, but it, like, you know, to be able to kind of bring, what we've learned on the desert racing side, the short course side to, to this environment and kind of show the way and why we do things. It's just been really cool. Like just seeing the way the, the local, like everyone around here has kind of reacted to that and responded to it. And it was just one of those things where, you know, we, before that we talked about it for a while, like, Oh, it'd be cool to do, but that's, is that a reality? And it was finally just, you know, carry going, let's, let's do it. Like, go tell them this is what you, you want to do and let's start pushing for this. And then that just started this snowball of, you know, people, you know, companies that we've known for 15 years on the race side being very supportive and wanting to expand out this way a little bit. And, uh, you know, just an opportunity for us to, you know, try, try and make it on our own, which, you know, we knew that wasn't guaranteed. I, we probably didn't sleep for like three weeks before we packed it all up and moved out here. Cause it's just like, I mean, it, it's a step, you know, I, I, my hat's off to anyone that starts up their own deal, but, uh, 
that is a bunch of work. Especially half, especially across the country. <laughs> you know, that's that's tough. I really look up to you guys for doing that. That's neat. Yeah, I agree Thanks. with that hundred percent. And yeah. so like what he's saying, like the first thing that I see is like it's like a new horizon, right? Or like a, a new perspective uh on how to do things. And maybe it's different than the way that people are doing it out there in Florida. Um I mean, well, even Oren's probably not used to portals. <laughs> <laughs> so um excuse me. Maybe you could backtrack a little bit, though, Oren, too. And while you were doing or, or learning uh, the different things, you built or had a, a part in building some of the pretty successful race trucks that were in the Short Course Series and in the Desert Series. One of the ones that I know um, that you and I talked about, I think you helped build uh, the first V8 Pro Light that won the uh, Torque Championship, right? So I, I always was on more of like the, the prep side of it. Okay. Um, actually, you know, uh, Louis Zavis, one the guy that commented, he was heavily involved on the like fabrication side of that truck. I mean, that was, you know, we, we that was a, just a really cool time when the V8s were just coming out in pro light and to kind of see that grow into like, you know, what, it, what it is now. I mean, the, the four cylinder days were great, but I don't miss that one bit, but how fast it started progressing after the, the V8, you know, switch over when, I mean, that was, that was really fun to be a part of. And, and yeah, for the few years after that, Casey was super successful and very competitive in that. And it was fun to be on that edge of, you know, that was like new stuff coming out. New people were trying new things with drivetrain and, you know, just silly stuff. It was so, so limited that everyone was finding that gray area, right? Like right. how far can this before we get in trouble. So that was really fun to be a part of and, and, you know, kind of experiment with. Well, then uh, I, I had mentioned this briefly in the phone conversation I had before with you guys. But uh, so I had no idea like off-road or short course racing existed until about maybe six or seven years ago. And the reason that I found out about it was because of Casey Curry. Um, I actually got injured and I started a computer business and I was helping build Casey Curry's websites and helping him with media stuff. And uh, through that time, um, I was like, man, these like these. I've seen pictures, obviously, because I'm uploading them and doing stuff on the computer. And I'm like, man, these things look pretty cool. And then I went out to a Lucas race and I saw it. And I'm like, dude, this is like motocross, but with four wheels. And Casey was obviously doing well. Um, and so I said, hey, like, what is this off road deal about? And I asked him about it. And he said, well, come out to Anaheim at the time. And uh, I went to his, the shop when it was in uh, the backyard in Anaheim Hills. And he had just put the red number plates on that VA pro light from the torque series, no fenders or nothing. And I'm sure that you actually prepped it. He let me take it out to the desert in California and I got to drive it for the first time. So that's what got, that's what got me hooked into the uh, off-road racing stuff was just that little chance thing. Right. And we talk about the off-road industry being super small and everybody kind of knowing each other. I didn't know Orin at the time, but now it seems like he probably touched a truck before I got in it. Oh, I'm sure. It's just, it's just cool that, you know, this, this sport and this, you know, what we like to do, there's so many memories like that, right? Like off-roading usually has some pretty unforgettable things happen. Usually, it, you know, it's usually it's good times and you got your heart racing. You remember all that, but it's just so cool to be able to like, you know, there's memories I've had at short course races where Joe's been at that I'll never forget for the rest of my life. You know, you've yep. got that so cool to be able to build those memories and that, that group, like, sure, it's spread out over the country, but, I mean, we've bumped into great off-road people here. I mean, we've bumped into people on the east coast of the country that go down, try and go every year down to Baja to go either ride 
you know, race on a bike or they're going down to volunteer for their uncle's best friend's, you know, 6100 truck. It's just awesome. All that, you know, how interconnected the whole group is. Dude, so already like trophy trucks are dope, right? But the guys that do Baja on bikes, God, those guys have some cojones, dude. Like for real. Like it's what? That's a different beast right there. Dude, yeah. Well, and like Raybeck and all those guys that do uh, the D- Dakar rally and stuff. Like, could you imagine, Joe, doing like taking your dirt bike and going and doing a 1,000? No, not at all. <laughs> and you've, at been, all. you've been to a million. Could you do it, Orin? Like, I would, I would, like, even if I could, I would probably say no. No. I, I, uh, gosh, this was years ago. I was 19. So it was like early, early 2000s. And Jerry Welchel was driving the Riviera truck and he was going down to pre-run and he would pre-run his section on a dirt bike. And, and he, there was an extra dirt bike and he said, Hey, you want to pre-run this 200 mile section with me? And I thought like, I thought I was pretty decent on a dirt bike. Like, yeah, I can do that. I will keep up with you. I'll be your wingman. So I'm riding in borrowed moto boots and a team t-shirt. And it took me like 10 hours, 12 hours to do. I was probably the worst thing that's happened to Jerry in a long time. Like it took me so long to get through 200 miles. It was miserable. I really, that, I'm like, I'd never, even, I mean, it was just all this stuff that like, I'd never ridden like silt beds before or like going over Mike's sky ranch. Like I jumped into that way, way blind. And Dude, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, no. And these guys, these guys that do it are flying. They're running they're trouble truck speed. Yeah. It's just yeah, unbelievable. Wouldn't try it ever again. Those guys are badass. And then you add when you not only the skill and talent it takes, but then when you start uh, getting run down by the trophy trucks, that's a whoo. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about a pucker factor. Dude, yeah, that would be yeah, big time. Uh, well, before we get into some of the next questions, um, uh, Chris Holmes commented in and said, uh, can you read that, Joe? My vision is not that great. Can you see it? Was this question for the couple? Um, where you at? Uh, question for the couple. Uh, how many fish can you fit in a 16-foot boat at 25 <laughs> miles offshore of Florida with four people on board? Uh, I guess, I think- what, is this one of those trick questions? Like, what size is the boat? Like, <laughs> No. That was, like, you know, you have your, like, first-time experiences, right? Like, fish <laughs> Fishing is way different on, on over in Florida than it is like in California or something like that. You know, like there's a lot more fish, different types of fish to be caught. Uh, Chris is a is a great captain. And we took uh, a 16 foot boat with no navigation stuff, 25 miles offshore, like just headed out into the ocean in a dinghy. And I mean, he was just slaying the fish. There was there was more fish in that we had no room for you couldn't even walk that guy put so many fish on the boat but that was like something i've never seen before like i'm thinking we're just gonna go and find a little you know a rock pile and go fish that and we go out and you can't see land you couldn't see anything i mean it was terrifying and now it's just that's like everyday normal life back here dude that, that's like <laughs> that would scare me like the show's called the dirt life not the water life like yeah. i would be freaking out right yeah 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 i mean so you know Little, little tie-in, but yes. That's so you that. guys were both there on that trip? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How? So who who caught more fish then? Like, that's the real question. She's way better than me. Now, see, all right. So, but Chris, I can't I can't claim any of that because I will not claim a fish unless I was the one who put the bait in the water. 
if I did not put the bait in the water and I bring it on the boat, I still didn't catch it. So he is so good at what he does that he doesn't let you bait it and put it in the water. He's still throwing out the bait and then he'll just say fish on while driving. And then someone just jumps on the pole. So that, that one's hard to say. Cause I can't claim the fish if I didn't put the I, bait in the water. Yeah. So I kind of agree with that. Cause like, you know how they say like camping and glamping, like that's like kind of cheating a little bit. Like, so is it like fish glamping when you're doing it that way? Like, yeah. cause you're yeah, all oh, for sure. Yeah, it was doing, in, it was insane. He was driving the boat. And- he was driving the boat, smoking a cigarette, hydrating, running two fishing poles. <laughs> I must reel him in, and then before we could even get the fish in the boat, he's already resetting the line back out. Like he was the one man freaking army. We Dude, just looked it, like a bunch. Of- he sounds like a guy cool. that everybody, including myself, wants to hang out with for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that was my that was like my first introduction. Like, oh, this is how you just fish with someone awesome all the time. I could do this. this <laughs> yeah, like well, we could go get our dinner every day. No. <laughs> uh, it doesn't go that, but it's now when we went to the keys on our own after, with that kind of confidence. Yeah, wasn't that? Good? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got some fish, but it was a little sketchy at first. You got up like ten minnows. <laughs> yeah, because we had to work for it. Uh, we had a couple more comments come in. Uh, Kelly Curry says, when is track and trail uh, West Coast coming? So that sounds like uh, a pretty uh, good uh, goal to start working towards, right? Yeah, oh, man, it, w- it would be awesome. You know, right now we're very happy with how the shop's going here and just looking, you know, enjoying being able to do this this deal and keep running to uh, events and races and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm sure at one point it'll it'll happen. But right now we're it's still like, you know, it's still a fairly new business. We're just having fun figuring it out and building it up and doing all that good stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of excitement that comes with that, right? Like, whenever you're building a business, it's like the next milestone and the next. It really, like, when you're a racer, it really, like, kind of brings up those senses again. Or when you're, like, uh, an off-roader or something, because you're, like, thinking, what's the next obstacle? Or where's the next mile marker at? What's the next thing that's going to hit the GPS? Like, all of those different things. And when you're operating a business and you have that same mindset, you have a winning mindset, first of all. And then, second, you also have, like, that drive to move forward at a quick pace. So it's pretty cool. I can see where both of them have that same passion. Yeah. How, how long has uh, Track and Trail been in, been in business? Four years. Four years. Good for you guys. Four years. Four year mark. Dang, that's pretty cool. Uh, we got a comment come in that said, uh, John says, uh, is it tough being based on the East Coast and uh, running in the dirt on the West? Uh, that's it's, it's it, The only tough part about it, to be honest with you, is the time difference. Because we could be back same day sometimes or you know it could be a quicker trip than it needs to but when you're coming from the west coast to the east coast you lose the whole day yeah. so that's that's what I don't think about that i feel like kind of it, it makes just, it a little difficult it just takes a bunch of planning and knowing what you're doing and where you're going and stuff like that like yeah it's definitely harder than you know being in orange county and leaving and going to ocotillo or out to the desert so i mean it's it it takes a lot more preparation and and yeah you know I don't know. I'd say it can be more costly, but I mean, we've had, we've had really good luck with, you know, finding flights that make sense and stuff like that. So it's, it's not as daunting as, as it probably looks. Yeah. When, especially when most going. places you'd say, okay, so you want to go to Ocotillo. Okay. Well, that's three hours from, you know, Southern California, but that's a three hour flight for us too. So it's, it's really not that bad either. Yeah. It's, I guess it's just, 
bad. It's not that bad. Yeah, the way you plan it and how you execute it, I guess you're right. Um, yeah, Vinny just commented him and says, you guys are awesome and killing it. So it's really cool that you guys do have that passion to be able to to do and and execute all those things. Like, there's a lot of people that, you know, just go to their job and they don't even want to fly or they don't want to do these extracurricular activities. And it seems like you guys just can't get enough of it. Yeah, it's, it's tough. You know, I mean, it, with what we were doing for work before we started this, we both were traveling quite a bit. I mean, Carrie was bouncing about around to, you know, rally cross and short course races and, and nitro circus stuff. And I was, you know, chasing Casey around to all the events that he does. So we both, you know, we got very, acclimated to it quickly so then like when we started this up that was just like oh you got to do a bunch of events that's all part of it that's how you know that's how the circus works so that we've just carried that on for the last four years that we uh you know but we're we committed to it like hey we're going to be gone a bunch which those days those work days don't just go away that just means when we get back there's very few weekends it's just back in the shop and we'll we'll trade that race weekend for a work weekend back here so it, it it's all got its give and take yeah, exactly. Well, and that's what's good about, uh, well, what do they say? If you love what you do, you never work a day in your life or whatever it is. So that's good that both of you guys have that passion. Um, so we had uh, Rick Harrington comment in. We were going to actually wait for this, but we'll just uh, go with it because we're getting so many comments. I don't want to lose it. Um, but uh, he said, what's Oren's uh, favorite Jeep build that he's done? I'm assuming that he's asking this question because you built his Jeep. Is that what he <laughs> wants you to say that? That's the right answer for this one? Yeah, that's that's a loaded question. A loaded his his question. Jeep's on its way back here right now from California for the full, you know, V8 swap, you know, custom, all triangulated four-link rear suspension, three-inch internal bypass coilovers. Like, he's it's he's getting the full, the best of everything you can do. He, Rick's definitely going for it. So, yes, that, that will be my favorite build. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we have a lot. We're very fortunate for the people that we – you know, have met and get to do builds for and stuff like that. So we've, we've got a ton of Jeeps in here that I, every one of them, I put my heart into it. Like it's my own, you know, for myself to go out and play around in. So it's hard to pick a favorite because any one of them I'd take. You know, okay. So any, any- no, we all have to watch them leave too. Yeah. That's, I was, that's the tough part. That's what I was going to say. So Joe, he kind of gave the politically correct answer. Let's see if uh, Carrie can just tell us her all time favorite one. <laughs> favorite build. Is- Ooh. Hmm. That's a tricky one. There's a lot of... All right, so this one this one was cooled because it was just a sleeper. And it was it's very rare that we get a customer that comes in that says, okay, I want a V8 without, like, full, full custom suspension. But this customer wanted a V8 that had um, a, a mid-arm kit, you know, but he wanted to take it back to Spain. He wanted to ship it to Spain where he was from. That was... It was really interesting. It wasn't my typical favorite where it was, you know, 40s and, you know, it it, it had its own, but it looked like a JK on 37s, you know, or 35s. It, it didn't look like anything that special, but, I mean, it was... Yeah, it had a 525 horsepower LS3 in it and... We Dude, I like those ones, man, that look all clean. Yeah. Did you cool. ever yeah. see... Did you ever see the Ranger that Joe built? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that thing's awesome. Yeah. yeah, super cool. Cause and plus it it didn't look like it wasn't super like flat. It wasn't freaking red. It wasn't all these crazy like big old wrap and t- like it was so clean. Yeah, and that that was the four door one, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, that was, that in itself was so awesome. Seeing a four door Ranger, that thing was. 
I, I, many a times behind the coral in Ensenada. <laughs> when- yeah. No, and, and carry the, the, that Jeep bill that you were speaking of, uh, going international, that's got to have some, some sentimental value too. Yeah. And it, it was just, it added something really cool to a build that we hadn't quite experienced yet, which was all the little things here and there for, you know, the, the certifications, once it gets off of the ship, their stipulations and everything that it had to meet was very specific. And we had to jump through several hoops in order for it to, you know, all the T's to be crossed and the I's dotted. So that, you know, that added something to it that most builds we don't have to to experience. Thank God that you had your business acumen to execute all that stuff, right? That, that would have put me out of business. That thing would have been shipped back like five times had it been just me paperwork. Dude, like, whenever I hear was, stories like that, I'm like, there's no, like, I would fail at that yeah. miserably. Like, I would definitely need Carrie to handle something like that, too. That's, sure. co- that's cool, though, that you were, because like I always say, like, something that's in the past always ends up, like, rearing its nose, like, somewhere in the, along the lines. And that's, like, super cool that that happened. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. It was really fun. Uh, so we got a couple more comments coming in. Uh, this one has a sentimental end to it, but it says, uh, Carrie is so amazing. Orin may be a funny-looking little guy, but he has made his family proud, and his dad is smiling down on him. Oh. So it's got a sentimental yeah. end, but uh, she did throw a joke in there. I mean, God, give her some credit for that. <laughs> yeah. and, but it's not a joke when you hear it all the time. That's oh, just like, okay. It's, so it's it's just another jab? Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah no, I so used to that one. I mean, it's all. It's yeah, all that it's that all. was from uh, maybe your sister or somebody, Sarah Anderson. So uh, Mark also commented and said, "Team Track and Trail, thank you very much for working on all three of my Jeeps." Uh, and that was from Mark Dossie. Dossie. Yeah. So the one, the one behind us is actually his third oh. Jeep that we built. Nice. That's cool. So what's yeah. what's a normal day like? A day in the life of Track and Trail off road and carrying Orin? I mean. I mean, it varies. We, you know, we get a lot of good, uh, you know, bolt-on suspension kit stuff and and re-gears and stuff like that. But we also have gotten a, a good following of people that want to do, you know, custom, you know, full fabricated custom long arm suspension and Frenched in coilover mounts and V8 swaps and stuff like that. So we have some good, like real labor intensive custom projects that, that, we, we always have, that's like a constant and then we'll try and work in some lift kits and stuff like that. But, you know, like Carrie said, it's like, you know, it's like juggling. I'll, I'll have a project that might take us, you know, several months to, to work on and, and everything like that. And, and she'll still help me balance out like a day or two project that we can squeeze in just to get, you know, keep, keep helping the, you know, every, every level of, of off-roaders out and stuff like that. So just trying to keep that balance and juggle. But I mean, it's typically we get in the morning, uh, Carrie just crushes all the invoicing and quotes and getting information to customers and stuff like that. I usually try and start getting dirty pretty quick. And then, uh, you know, we usually, we have my, like we have a pretty much a full like kitchen living room set up at the shop just cause we're here so much. So, you know, we do a lot of our meals here. We don't really go out too much and then, and then just work till we feel we're happy with quitting or if there's like a cool local event going on, we'll sneak out for a bit, but, but just run it like that. And it's, it's just, it's, I'm sorry. It's, it's just pretty- a- go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. Sorry. Just just the two of you. Yeah, uh, it's just, it's primarily just the two of us. We've had a, a great employee for pretty much since the coronavirus locked everything down. 
he was going to an aeronautical college near here and and with it, with the schools being shut down he he's been full time for gosh last 5 months and uh he's really been a been an asset he's a great help great kid um i call him the unicorn cuz he's he doesn't have a sorry we got a train going in the That's back okay we can you. we can still hear you so you can still keep talking okay. But anyways, he's he's not very heavy into social media. He's a good kid. He's you know it's like those kids, they're getting harder to find, right? Kids that have a good work ethic and are motivated to do well and put pride into what they do, and they're not just you know trying to collect a paycheck or. And it's it's funny too when you said like what do we what's our daily tasks? Sometimes most about ninety nine percent of the time, Orrin just deals with the customer customer build, what he's got going on in front of him. But then every once in a while, like. You'll see Oscar and I will just bounce around to just various projects. Like one day it'll be, you know, helping out with this build, but then the next it's a forklift. We're doing something, we're changing a pump out a forklift, or we're tuning the carbs in one of the jet skis, or messing with the boat. Like it's sometimes it's pretty unpredictable. And that's, I think, I think that's something that I know I enjoy it. And I know he really enjoys it too, because it's not, not every single day is the same. And that's what's really, really cool. Yeah, they, uh, Joe and I talk about this all the time. Actually, like um, he's a jack of all trades. You guys are jacks of all trades. Like if something, if a task comes up, you just do it. Like there's no like, oh, who do I like? Who do I call? I don't know how to fix it. You just go and figure it out and just do it. And then the second thing that you guys had just mentioned, well, two things. I love unicorns, by the way. Um, the second thing is, is that you don't look at your watch at five o'clock and say, oh, cool, my day's done. That's like that doesn't exist in Joe's world. It doesn't exist in my world. And apparently it doesn't exist in your guys' world, too. You, when the job's done, that's when your days were done. Yeah, I mean, I think I think probably a lot of that is our passion getting us into trouble. Like, it's very easy to say yes to projects. Am I right, Joe? Like, it's very easy Too to easy. say, yeah, bring it on down. I'll do that. And, you know, those with what we do, rarely do those projects fit in the eight to five time frame. I mean, I... I don't think I've had one that I've said yes to that's worked out as perfect as it did in my head. But I think the the good part about that, and again, Joe and I talk about this all the time, is people know that when they give a project to Joe or they give a project to you guys, that it's going to get done and executed properly because that's just the way that you guys work. Yeah. I think it's the years of, you know, not, not to be dramatic, but it's the years of the work that we've done that like, you know, and I feel pretty passionately about this, that, you know, people's lives were on the line. So like that, that has never left my mind. Everything is thinking about safety and longevity. And, you know, it's not just a fun toy. People are taking their whole families out and having fun. Like you got, you got to have that commitment to, you know, detail and quality because at the end of the day, it's safety. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Trying to just carry the the race mentality of it, the race like nut and bolt mentality, carrying that over into daily drivers is so much more important. Like when we get the customers that come in that had, you know, issues at other shops or issues in other areas and we turn around and we see a car seat in the back, it's like, oh my God. Like Whoa, how, how- that puts a whole nother level on it. For sure. Yeah. So it's like, all right, yeah, it's it's definitely it's not something that just you know, it shuts off and maybe it you know, kicks us in the butt when it comes to scheduling, but we don't, you know, we refuse to not treat stuff like it's, you know, our own. Yeah, exactly. We even like, we talk about it too. Like just 
putting a paint marker on a bolt so that you know it's not going to come loose. I mean, it's easy, detailed things like that, but there's so, so much behind it that makes it so much safer for everybody else. So um, Greg yep. Brattle, what's up, man? He said hi to both of us. So we're going to keep it a little light, lighter hearted here. Um, we have a couple more questions that we want to ask you guys about the racing stuff, but I wanted to see if you guys were interested in playing Are You Smarter Than a Third Grader? Let's see who wins. Like I I've heard you guys talking about this. I, and I, I'm, this is like dread that I'm feeling. Cause Dude. Like, the overthinking. Hey, I'm telling you. Like, All right. Hit us. The, well, the first question is, are you more nervous to do this or ride the Baja 1000? Because every time I've asked uh, another race for this, they're like, Dude, please, I, can I leave? I don't want to answer these questions. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's about this and the Baja 1000 for sure. All right. So you got to use your name as your buzzer. So if you get, can answer the question, just yell your name real quick. The first, and you're, you can play too, Joe, if you want. The first question is 25 times three. Joe. Carries. <laughs> okay. Joe, well, Joe, Joe said, I know you guys are, I know you guys oh. are joking. I know you guys okay. are joking, but Joe beat you to it. So. Oh, okay. Go Seven, ahead, Joe. 75. Huh? 75. Dude, Joe got it. 75. All right. So one point for Joe so far. All right, so let me see if I can remember the next question. The Statue of Liberty was given to us from what country? Oren. Oren. The France. Oh, we got it. Boom. All right. So Carrie's going to have to catch up. So um, let's see here. What's another good question? Um, How many states are in the United States minus Alaska and Hawaii? You gotta say your name, Carrie. Carrie, go ahead. Forty-eight. Oh, another one. Good. You guys are getting them all right. I think you guys are doing good. Uh, you guys are going easy on us. <laughs> That's the bad because I because I was thinking it was fifty. Well, I said cause it's got that trick in it with minus the two. So yeah. that's that's where it comes from. Um, shoot, let me think of uh, another one. Uh, oh yeah. So this is the final one. Whoever gets this is the total winner of the whole game. How many minutes are in one hour? Joe. Joe. 60. Dude. I, re- I really wanted Carrier Oren to win because you're sitting right here next to me, man. I wanted our guest to win it, Joe. Like, what you... You you stole it from him, bro. You stole it. <laughs> I didn't, the internet froze up. I mean, it just it froze. We didn't even hear the question. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, I got it. <laughs> so Joe was the sleeper on this one, I guess, huh? <laughs> yes, he is. He is definitely smarter than a third grader. So we actually uh, had some fun with this at the UTV World Championship, and we had uh, our buddy Caden Danbury. He's uh, I think he's twelve now, thirteen maybe. Um, but he was the one asking all the questions and uh, him and his mom came up with all the questions none of which I just asked you because the ones that uh, he come up with I can't there's no way like I couldn't answer them <laughs> they're just way too hard so uh, kudos to Caden for coming up with all those questions so um, all right so let's talk a little bit about racing then so we're gonna ask this question later on like as a favorite race for you guys but do you guys have like events that you like going to more than other ones like king of the hammers is fun or not fun baja is fun or not fun like those kind of things 
King of the Hammers, I think, for me, is always going to hold the number one spot, especially now because they've brought in the trophy trucks, which to me, that event was top tier, but it was always missing something. Obviously, trophy trucks to me have it have opened my eyes to what they are. And them now at King, King of the Hammers is like, it's it's 100% for me. Like, that's... That was it to top the. That was the, the topper of that event. Hey, sure. do you so. still bring your truck out there with all the toolbox on the back and stuff, and just go like try to get go find people to help them? No, she's a retired shop truck now. She's had a good life. <laughs> she had a good run in her. <laughs> yeah. Now we now we just get like a rental jeep and go see if we can rescue people with that. So uh, since you were talking about King of the Hammers before, Oren answers the same question. Did you see that uh, one of the Miller brothers, I think it was Cody Miller, ran against the 4400s last year in uh, Can-Am X3 and did pretty well? Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. And those guys in the in the UTV race as well. I mean, that was the, how fast those cars have progressed. It's unbelievable. Is, it really. You have, to see, you have to look back and see like some of the early on when they first started introducing the UTV race to it, you got to see the pictures of Casey and Oren <laughs> racing in these cowies, like full, like little bubbled helmet. It's so funny. Like looking all the way out of the Terex, it's so good. That is kind of crazy. I, I didn't think about that. Like what year was that, that you guys did that? Like 2010? So that was, yeah, 2010 in, in that area was when it was like, Back when people were still running like the Yamaha Rhinos, that was like a, you know, super competitive car. And then Razor was just coming out with their, you know, they were really starting to freaking dominate. They were building faster stuff. But was that not does, like impossible to finish? It was. so Yeah, there. I mean, even even till like a few years ago, there'd be like three or four finishers. Like it's insane. It's it's always been really hard. I mean, they're not changing the trails up, but just how fast the equipment is catching up now, like like the Miller brothers and, and a lot of those, the top level guys, like the Guthrie's and everyone like that, like what, what they're doing and how they're building cars now, like they're just as capable in the rocks as a 4,400 car, but they weigh, you know, 3000 pounds less. Like it's crazy. It really is. And now that I think about it, like the, well, it's 10 years. I mean, that seems like a lot, but that's a pretty short amount of time for those cars to get going that fast. Like just think about how, how many years 4400 have been around you know i mean obviously the the stuff grows and gets better and technology does but that's freaking nuts man um well yeah. maybe you can answer the same question that we just asked carrie like what's your favorite event to go to so so for me king of the hammers i enjoy because it's so much racing crammed into like a one week i mean there's stuff going on every day and every night and uh, i've been fortunate you know for a few of the years to, to be able to race in a in a couple different classes uh, the last two years, it's been with Bryce in both, uh, you know, side by side and trophy truck, which has been really cool. And then, uh, you know, trying to still do stuff with other friends and 4,400 and things like that. It's, it's really fun to get that, like pretty much so many race events in three days, right? Like that, I enjoy that. Um, but obviously like going down to Baja is always the best. I mean, the race is great, but it's so much more the, the time down there before putting in the homework and pre-running with the, you know, the Baja race family and, and doing all that, like, you know, being down there for two weeks, just living every bit of, of the race, you know, that that's right up there with King of the Hammers. Yeah. Sure. So that was, uh, that was actually one of the answers that I wanted to hear. Cause, um, I talk with Joe about this every now and then too, but that's been on the bucket list for me is I don't 
need to race a Baja 1000 or anything like that, but I would love to just go down there and enjoy the pre-run or just go down there for a Baja adventure or something like that to me would be so much fun. I mean, I've raced short course down there and stuff, but, uh, it's not the same, you know, one of, one of our first trips together, uh, I, I can't even remember the year, but I mean, it was 10 years ago where we weren't competing in the Baja 1000 with anybody. So Carrie and I loaded up the Jeep and had, uh, some of the, the Curry family loaded up as well. And we had, you know, three or four vehicles and we drove down and did contingency and then loaded up and drove out to the beach, like out after Santa Tomas. So we, we drove the race course out the day before the race set up camps the night before the race on the beach and then woke up to the first bike guys going by and then had brunch while all the trophy trucks drove by, like sitting on this awesome, would have been a great surf spot. But we didn't bring any boards, but just hanging out, hanging out on the beach, you know, just watching everything going on. That was like probably still one of my favorite trips. And that was my first Baja 1000 experience. In fact, that was the first time I've even ever seen a trophy truck in action. And really? I can't believe I'm this in public. But that was the first time I ever cried in front of him. That's when I saw the truck go by me for the first time. Dang, it was that impressive? It was, it was that impressive. <laughs> I've only ever dreamed about him and seen him on TV. But that I was, I was so fanboying, it was insane. That's cool. Well, thank God at least he sits in the trophy truck because otherwise she wouldn't have been uh, thinking he was as impressive, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. My saving grace, I guess. Uh, no, it was tent, and then just hearing like I don't. It was it was still really really early. It was so dark out when we could hear the first bike coming through. That that feeling was climbing out of the tent, rustling to try to make your way you know, to see who was the first bike by. That was such a cool thing to do. Dude. Yeah. That, those experiences, like yeah. those are really our top notch experiences, right? For sure. Uh, so we had a couple more comments come in. Uh, I don't know if this comment uh, actually makes uh, any, any sense, but it says, do they race four seaters? I don't know if that, and that's Justin Mazio. Maybe it's a joke. Cause he also commented in saying corn pop is a bad dude. <laughs> corn pop's a bad dude. That's what he said. So I don't know if, uh, what that means, but it sounds funny. <laughs> I mean, I'm down for a pre-runner class. Yeah, sure. Let's go. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. At the UTV World Championship this year, they introduced a rally class, which is basically a stock fuel cell kind of car. You can have opening doors and stuff like that, but it's basically just a, uh, a halfway there desert car in the UTV stuff. And that class had the most entries out of everybody. Kind of a run, run what you brung deal. Yeah, so I mean, most people are just building a desert car that has open doors with no fuel cell, like so you just get gas whenever. But it was, it was pretty cool, man. It was sweet to that's see. Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. And I think those are the things that progress, like the off-road industry, in my mind. You know, I mean, like of course you guys do a million jeeps and and bigger stuff, but you got to admit the side-by-side stuff has been pretty impressive the last few years. Yeah, it is. I mean, that was. Like we, we've used them at different times over the years for like, you know, pre-runners down in Mexico, even and just how much ground you can cover and what they're capable of. Like, it's just comfortable, fun. Like I can, I can remember the first truck I ever raced in when I was 17 years old was a, was a seven S truck, which at the time that was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. That goes half the speed to do razors and can-ams go like anywhere, you know, it's just wild. 
how how much fun they are and how easy it is for people to get into them now. Yeah, it really is cool. Yeah. yeah. And well, we were talking about this the other day when I went over to your shop, Joe, is I like, I saw your razor and I was like, yeah, that thing's pretty stock. And you're like, yeah, but it goes faster than I can go. So yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool to see that. Um, all right. Well, I know it's getting late over there. Um, so do you guys mind if we uh, ask you guys rest some rapid fire questions and end off the show? Sounds, sounds good. All right, Joe, you got to bring up your questions, bud, so we can go through them. So um, I will start with the first question. Uh, why Joe brings his up. Dunes or the river? River. What Ask about me you? why. Say <laughs> why. <laughs> okay, why, Carrie? Why is the river your answer? <laughs> why? Because the river, you can take the side-by-sides too, and then you get both, both worlds. you got the boats, and you got the side-by-sides to get down to the river. Dude, that that's... was an awesome time in Needles. That was a good time. We need to get out and do that again. All right, let us know. We'll go meet you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what about you, Orin? Same answer? Uh, yeah, river. Hands down, river. All right, Joe, what's the next question, bud? Three-wheelers or quads? Quads? Jeez. I can't believe I even said quad. Four-wheelers. There are four-wheelers back here, all right? Okay. <laughs> four-wheelers. Four, four. Bikes, son, bikes. <laughs> yeah, everything's would, a bike, though. Would... Sides are bikes. Bicycles are bikes. What about you, Joe? Are you going with death machines or quads? Yeah, I was... On a three wheeler when I was five years old. You're you're sticking with three wheeler. I love the old three wheelers. I still do. Dude, yeah, I remember like. Orange with me, aren't you? What's that? You're with me on that, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, yes, I rode them before (laughs) four wheeler. Really a thing, but I'm pretty happy. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I remember oh. um what was the the, the four stroke three wheeler? A two hundred X. Do you oh, remember yeah. that one? Oh yeah. Like those things were like the next level thing. Like those things were so fun. Uh oh, here's a good one. What's your Mount Mount Rushmore? Four people of off road. Four people the Mount Rushmore of off road. That's tough. Uh Walker Evans, Walker Evans. You got like Ross. You got like Rossler. You got McCacker. You got a bunch of badass dudes, right? Rossler. I got Leduc. Definitely got to put a Leduc up there. And there's a fourth. You could have. Harry wants to bring the age down a little bit. <laughs> All right, well let her let her pick her own Mount Rushmore. Then you finish off, Warren, with your fourth one. Then I gotta throw I gotta throw Rob McCacken in there. Yeah, I I agree with that one. So well, finish it off, Warren, with one more. Then who are you gonna pick on there? So you got Rossler, Walker Evans. Who else did you pick? The Duke. And I'm sure there's so many people right now that are going. Why the hell didn't you choose me? Well, uh, dude, that's why it's rapid fire. It's supposed to put you on the spot, man. Whoever comes off the top of your head. So. Uh, oh, yeah. And I'll, I'll put Bryce on there because it's only fitting. It. How about you, Carrie? What's your Mount Rushmore of off road? Oh, well, I chipped in there. Let's see. Ricky Johnson. Ooh, sure. that's a good one. Yeah. Now I feel stupid. <laughs> That's bringing in the short side, the short course side of things. Yeah. Well, he's just an all-around badass dude. I mean, like, he just ripped on a – he was the bad boy, dude. Like, how can he not? Yeah, two more. Yeah. All right. So, Oh, Lou – what is it? Louis uh, Zawa said Rick Huseman. That's a good one. Absolutely. That is a good one. Hmm. Yeah. 
rapid fire. Yeah, I know. You're taking longer. You, than you me, took uh, all the good ones. All right. So um, while Carrie thinks of her final answers for the rapid fire or for the uh, Mount Rushmore of off road, can you read that uh, from the comment from Itzel right there, Joe? Can you see that one or no? Hey, guys, I got a question for you. Oren, what is the most rewarding part of your job? And Carrie, when we're... Yeah, were you the proudest of Oren? Oh, crap. When were you the proudest of Oren? (laughs) What was the first part? What was my part of that one? What's the most rewarding part of your job? Uh, Yeah. Gosh, that was a good answer. What was it? Getting... Carry all day, every day. That's oh, boom! Yeah, that's perfect. Thank God you <laughs> yeah. served. The, thank God you served that one up. Uh, yeah, and then uh, when were you the proudest of Warren, Carrie? What was what? When were you proudest of me? Oh, when was I? I would have to say, King of the Hammers last year. The win after King of the Hammers. That one's been. I feel like a long time coming. There's been a lot that he's put in a lot of work for and, um, you know, he's kind of not slipped, but it's always been stupid breaks or something small, something really small that's taken, taken him out during that race. So just getting a win there was definitely one of my more prouder moments. Yeah, that's cool. I was proudest of him when he got up the cojones to drive uh-huh. 80 miles an hour and discuss with Bryce how he was going to propose to you. <laughs> I- Back. He landed a was it twelve eighty the other night ten eighty on, on a on that scooter we were no talking about. No way. One handed beer in hand. Bullshit. Are you being for real? Like that really did happen? <laughs> I mean, it was it was a late Saturday night, but I don't mean to toot my horn, but toot toot. Dude, honestly, like I have a whole new level of respect for Warren now. Who cares about going eight hundred twenty miles an hour in a trophy truck? Busted it out of 1080 on a scooter. Yeah, but what what you were saying about the, uh, you know, talking with Bryce at 80 miles an hour, like that guy will be doing 125 through big whoops with his hand out the window net, throwing the shaka at fans or people like that guy is very comfortable at high speeds. Much, you know, like, he's, he's not afraid to have a conversation, skipping, you know, backing in into corners in Baja or anything like that. Skills for days, apparently, huh? Well, so I love this Mount Rushmore question because you're right. It's all of a sudden starting to come in. So uh, Candy, Candy and Chris Vincent said Ivan Stewart. That's a good one. Uh, let's see. Iron Man, uh, Mickey Thompson, Ivan Iron Man Stewart, Robbie Gordon. Oh, man. Tell Dirty. Oh, Cody and uh, Chris Vincent said. Tell Dirty V, <laughs> we said, what's up? What is that? What's Dirty V? That sounds bad. <laughs> Dirty V is uh, is Chris Vincent's nickname. Oh, I got you. I'm not sure why, why he earned the title Dirty V, but he is a funny guy. He was a, we worked together at Terrible Herbs Motorsports back in the day, and he was a fun guy to stay hydrated with. <laughs> right on. Uh, yeah, and Chris Holmes commented in saying, Afro Man uh, or a local band for your guys' upcoming wedding? Ooh, that's a good question, actually. Afro Man's Did I hear good. Afro Man? I don't know. We, we're, pretty, we're pretty tied with Afro Man. We had a moment at Trail Hero last year with Afro Man. Oh, you guys are <laughs> homies? <laughs> They, I mean, it, I don't know if you were there last year, but they got Afro Man to come perform like on the side of the lake with like house speakers in front of like 30 people. <laughs> nice. But it was like Afro Man in the middle of the lake, like right next to the lake in San Hollow. 
That was like the most bizarre, awesome thing. And he ended his seen. show asking for a ride to the nearest like hotel. hotel. Yeah. Shut up. Perfect. Did, did, you get, did anybody you give him a get, ride in a side by side? Yeah. Uh, nice. Couldn't, couldn't get an Uber in the state park, so he got a ride to like Denny's or something like Dude, that. Dude. It was awesome. Yeah, score one for the off-road industry, dude. Heck yeah. yeah. Dude, that's sweet. Uh man, we're getting all uh, Johnny Campbell. Yeah, so there's a bunch of them. All right. Yeah, so let's that's... finish let's finish this off, Carrie. Tell us what your uh ending Mount Rushmore is and we'll get on to the next question. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to reuse at least at least Rob. Ricky Johnson. So everyone you're you guys are talking about and listing off, they are they're badasses. However, that was kind of before my involvement. So I got to Mount Rushmore with the people that feel like I've seen, you know, just make moves. And that would definitely be, well, Walker's up there too. Walker's awesome because we share, share the trails with him too. So seeing what he can do on the, on the track and obviously on the trail is pretty impressive. So Walker, Rob, um, definitely Ricky Johnson. And then, hmm. What about just you, you could just name your friend Bryce? Just throw him in there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that goes without saying. Oh, right? actually, Bryce? who could do a good job is uh, we'll just say Casey Curry because he's Jeep and racer guy. So we could just have him up he there could, just as a default. Be up there for the, you know, I think Mount Rushmore. I think of like past. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I was going too. But I like how Carrie's like talking about like current guys too. That's pretty rad. Um, all right. Let's go with uh, the next one. Oh, you're, are you guys into motocross? You guys follow motocross? Do we follow motocross? Yeah. Not, not as much. Crap. Okay, so you guys might not know this one then. Um, all right, I'm going to switch up this question, Joe, so I'll skip. Um, let's see here. RJ Anderson or Brian Deegan? RJ Anderson. RJ. All right, Joe, what's the next one? Do you, can you see it? Favorite food? Ooh, Sushi. Sushi. sushi really sushi and, uh, that's maybe not the same yeah I, I definitely yes. didn't expect that answer um although i was craving sushi yesterday um <laughs> let's see here little smokies or pizza rolls Oof. pizza rolls yeah rolls little smokies are not my even though not pizza not rolls my... are gonna no matter what burn the shit out of your mouth it's not going to taste anything for a week, but it's yep. worth it. Every time. Yeah, most of the time is you have them after you've been hydrating for like a few hours and you just pop them in the microwave and then dip some dip them in some ranch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, Joe, what's the next one? Coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee, Coffee for sure. Favorite soda? Favorite soda? Sweet tea. Yeah, that counts. She's a southern sweet tea girl. But I'm more of a Sprite guy. Oh, you go Sprite? Uh, or Mexico. Oh, yeah. If, if it's a legit bottled in Mexico Coca-Cola, that's hands yeah. down the best. They got a carniceria down the street from my house that has all of those. Selection is off the chain. And it's they got the orange ones, the grape ones, all of them, dude. All the good stuff. Yeah. yeah it's dude, it's, it's basically like a uh, if you're a, so, a super connoisseur of soda, it's like your drug dealer. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> if you could have one superpower... What would it be? Ooh, that's a good one. That's tough. I strength. Oh, you would have like massive strength? She's already freakishly strong. I mean, she is way too strong. 
That's a, that's but when we run out of gas in the forklift at midnight, yeah. I could have pushed it in the other night, not instead run around trying to look for gas on a Sunday night. So <laughs> don't tell them. That's a that's another thing. Like if if for some reason like I can ever hire her, I'm gonna because she's talking about like she's taking a superpower for utilitarian qualities. Like she wants to be able to push in vehicles herself, like do all this rad <laughs> stuff. Like who wouldn't want that, right? Uh, yeah. All right, what's your superpower, Orin? Uh, if I if my superpower could be not having to urinate ever again, I'd be pretty cool with that. Yeah, that would help out so much in the racetrack too. Yeah, if I didn't have to put on a catheter ever again, I'd be good with that. Oh, he's 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 lying. He loves. He'll wear that thing for like two hours after the race just so he can pee anywhere. On That's Monday, he, on Monday he's like, "Oh, I'm good." <laughs> yeah. <Yep>. Right <laughs> on. Um, all right, I think it's my turn, Joe. Uggs or Crocs? That's, Ooh, that's, that's tough. I'm going to have to go with neither. Uh, that's not an option. <laughs> but, uh, I'll, I'll go I'm with gonna, Uggs. Yeah, I'm going to go with Crocs. You're going Rolling with Crocs? Here. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, and I just saw, uh, I posted on my Instagram story that Adidas came out with ones that you can't even put in four-wheel drive. Like, they have zero four-wheel drive capabilities. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a waste of rubber right there. Yeah, exactly. Do you need to get that, Joe? Or are you no, right? I'm good. Okay. Just want to make sure there's no uh, emergencies with the family. That's always more important, especially than a little off-road show. So if you got to go take a call, you can, man. <laughs> um, most memorable race. I mean, I'm going to have to go with the Mint 400 when Oren proposed, for sure. I feel like that's pretty memorable. Yep. Yeah. That's that's definitely a big one for me. Yeah, go on. Top that one. Yeah, it's not a good one. <laughs> All right. So we'll uh, go on to the next question. What is your favorite flavor of ice cream? Ooh, gosh. I guess if it was flavored, it'd be chocolate and peanut butter. Oh, like a Reese's Pieces kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There used to be something you get at Baskin Robbins. It was chocolate with peanut butter swirl in it. That used to be my jam. <laughs> Thinking uh, Rocky Road or mint chocolate chip? Ooh, mint chocolate chip has been a hot one on the show, man. A lot of people like the mint chocolate chip. So, um, all right, the next one: ski or snowboard? I like to ski. <laughs> I've only ever skied once, and that was a few a uh, few years ago in park city and we have i've yet to try snowboarding but it's on the list oh really girls don't much yeah snowboard i haven't actually i'm the opposite of you guys i've only snowboarded i've never skied so what about you joe board you're going snowboard snowboard i've done done both and uh felt much more comfortable on a on a board so did you try snowboarding or then or no yeah I, i used to snowboard when i was younger but skis are so much easier to get crossed up and, and ball it up. I just get a, a certain satisfaction over losing control and face planning down the mountain that I've always been intrigued to like, all right, I'm going to keep doing this. How often do you guys get to go skiing? Cause I can just picture like her laughing at you and then vice versa. <laughs> uh, you know, back, back when I worked uh, for Casey, we went more because, you know, cause we do short course races up in Salt Lake city. And, and that was pretty close or up at Miller motorsports park. And that was close to, uh, Park City, so we'd stay up there and go oh, yeah. get some up in the snow. So we had some really good, uh, fun trips with their family and stuff like that up there. But really, I mean, it's been a lot of since we moved back here to the land of no mountains and no snow. Uh, you know, it's been a lot of just work and beach time, and then 
you know, events out in the desert. So haven't had too much free time for mountain sports. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Ramon just commented in with another Mount Rushmore, Destry Abbott. That's a good one too. True. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough one. There's like tough the one. off-road Mount Rushmore. There's not like four notable people. There's like 2,000 people that should be on there. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's so true. Cause like dirt bikes, it's like way easier. Cause you just pick McGrath, Carmichael, and then like maybe RJ or like a couple other people. Like there's yeah. like some super standout guys. Like in off road, there's just a bunch of badass dudes. It really is. Yeah. That's cool. Um, all right. So, uh, oh man. I don't even know what this one is, but uh, Chris Holmes said, "Thanks for marrying Krista and I, and being a best being best friends." Good night, everyone. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it was, yeah, we uh, got to try our hand at uh, wedding officiating. That was pretty uh, pretty cool to be a part of that moment with those. So guys. did you have to get ordained to do that? Yeah. Yep. What do you do? Just go online? Because one of my buddies, I think he just went online and got that for quite some yeah. some time. Wait, what? Say that again. I've, I've been ordained. I mean, it was online, but since I was like, I don't even know how it happened. Since I was like 14, I've been an ordained reverend. Dang, but, dude. Uh, People at bars. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, never really practicing till uh, Chris and Krista's wedding, which was really, really cool to do. That's pretty cool. All right. So um, I don't know. Do you have your questions up, Joe? Or oh, no? yeah. So what's the next one? I think I just asked ski or snowboard. Dogs or cats? Uh, oh, dogs. God. Dogs, but we have a cat. Yeah, we don't we don't choosingly have them. They just show up at the shop, and then we just make sure they're good. Yeah. The rest of their track and trail best ever. Man, these comments are coming in, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, Netflix or YouTube? <laughs> I'd say YouTube in the spare time. Netflix when we're we're looking to we're watching something. And this is Warren. Is it the same for you? Yeah, I mean, YouTube's playing off-road stuff here at the shop most of the time during yeah. the day, and then Netflix when we're at home. Does that mean that Carrie controls the remote? I actually don't at all. Yeah, oh, I don't watch that much TV either, but yeah, for some reason, like, I've been getting back into Netflix lately a little bit. Like, I feel like YouTube, I have to change it so many times, because, like, it'll put on a shitty video, and then you're like, God, now I got to freaking find something else. So i just been ditching out on it, because I've been too lazy just yeah. go to Netflix. It's- so if you pull up our YouTube, all it is is off-road racing and a bunch of mud truck videos. Like it, it's it's hilarious. Every single time you pull it up, that's all you'll see. I always so, wonder that. Like that's what we should ask instead of Netflix or YouTube. What is the most like top five things that come up on your YouTube channel? Because that like tells the personality. You don't even have to have a full Dirt Life interview. You just sit, ask one question and it's done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how you can know a lot about a person you just look at their youtube history (laughs) all right joe what's the next one burritos or tacos 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 for sure yeah i agree with that one for sure i we've had a lot of people from southern california though especially like north county and san clemente and stuff that have said california burrito baja's the it turned me on to tacos i hated I hated tacos before, but actually having an authentic Baja taco is a different story. Yeah, way different, right? For and sure. You know, Joe, well, what Yesenia ever told you, that uh, burritos are, are an American thing, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, all right. Next one. Uh, this is not going to... Okay. Short course or desert? Ooh, Ooh desert. That. Desert. 
desert. My my heart lies in short course, but desert. Yeah, I I always think like I've been getting more and more into desert lately. But like I just, obviously Casey got me into short course when I was you know first getting into it. So I still have that, and I still think the intensity level like. Uh, it's just so rad when you learn how to go in a short course race. I feel like that's learning skills that a lot of off-road drivers may or may not have. Yeah. The amount of work that goes into a short course weekend is insane. Like from, from the, from the work side of it, you know, like desert, you're, you're working for months to build up for one event and it's just, it's all out on the table when the green flag drops and then whatever happens, you load on the trailer and go home short course. It's like, all right, run 10 laps. Now run three laps. Now run eight laps. Now do twenty lap race. And it's just like so much running and fixing and cleaning. Like gear like, change in between each ugh, each set of laps and that stuff is fun, but labor intensive. Yeah, I can only imagine like this the, the short course stuff that you guys went through with the trucks because um, my race team was small; it was only a few people, and it was just for UTVs. But I would put in roughly uh 80 hours 60 to 80 hours of a work week to go out for 20 minutes of of drive time during the weekend so i can only imagine what you you guys is probably 10 times that huh oh yeah that's a lot of work so uh okay what's the next one joe what other form of racing would you guys like to try uh dakar kind of rally stuff this could be yeah, any, this could be anything though. Yeah. It, like why we asked Miles earlier, but uh, it could be boat racing, monster trucks. It could be street racing. I definitely want to try my hand at the mega trucks, mega trucks, and a lot more of the overlanding competitions. I'd like to do more of those. <laughs> we got some jokesters commenting in. Is that Justin Mazio? He's got jokes for days. He said uh, it was probably for burrito or taco. He said pink taco. <laughs> uh, and then Linda said, uh, hi, Carrie and Oren from Texas from guess who? Well, I, sorry, Linda, I blew it for you. I said your name first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the last question of the night, it's the most important cr- profiling question that we have chips and guacamole or French fries and ketchup. Ooh, guacamole. French fries. Oh, whoa. I did not expect that. I did not expect that. Yep. But are you going ketchup Thanks. or ranch? Ooh, ranch. Going ranch, yeah. I can see where that comes in. So with your chips and guacamole, are you having the guacamole like super spicy or are you going like just like avocado? Yeah, sp- spicy, spicy. Yeah, sure. we, we just became best friends. Nice. <laughs> um, all right, so um, we have a, a little switch up in the show. Um, I'd like to invite Tyler into the studio if Tyler is uh, available. Hey, Tyler. Maybe he can come into the studio. Um We'd like to uh, see. Does has Oren ever met Tyler before? No, no, they've he's never been able to make it to the race. Why don't you sit on us. your dad's lap, Tyler? Come here, brother. And uh, you can put on these badass headphones right here, okay? Just like the the intercom in race cars. So uh, Tyler has never interviewed anybody before, I don't think. But uh, this is what it looks like in the studio, bud. We have all these different computer screens up here. We got our guests over here on the uh, iPad, and then they're behind us. I don't know if you can see them on the TV behind us. But this is Carrie and Oren. Hi. Gonna, Let's put it a little bit closer to you. There you go. Okay. Uh, Oren, yeah. Oren is the one that rides with uh, uh, Bryce Menzies. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he definitely knows how to go fast, just like your dad. So he does a lot of the same stuff that your dad did, man. Yep. Working on trucks, getting out, changing tires, all kinds of crazy stuff. Cool. 
So do you have any questions that you want to ask them about off-roading, like uh, what their favorite car is maybe? What's your favorite car? Oh, gosh. My favorite car is definitely a trophy truck. Trophy trucks are pretty cool. Yeah, they are. Yep, they definitely are. What about Carrie's? Do you know? Does she, do you have a question for her? Maybe the same question. Maybe same. Maybe. <laughs> Ford Raptor. You know, how about the same question? The Ford the Ford Raptor. I don't know. All right. <laughs> do you have any other questions for them? Like, uh, what's their favorite state? What's your favorite razor? Ooh, that's a good one. Favorite raisin? Razor. Razor. Ooh, gosh. I don't know. It's got to be the the new the new the new two seaters with the electronic adjust shocks are pretty sweet. Yeah. Cool. What about yours, Carrie? What's your favorite razor? Yeah. What's yours? Oh, what's mine? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the same thing. I like on the fly. On the fly switch. That's pretty cool. She likes the oh crab button. Cool. <laughs> What's one of your favorite things to do, Tyler? Off road. Yeah, winter right there. Yeah, that's all I knows. What about nice. bicycle riding and stuff? Do you like to do bicycle riding and things like that? I like to do BMX. What stuff? Yeah. So did you hear what Oren just did? It's like phenomenal. Like you might get along with this, Carrie. Can you please tell Tyler what Oren just did on a scooter? A three-wheeler. On a three-wheeler. Oh, it was a three-wheeler. Okay. Tricycle. So much more mainly than that. Yeah. Uh, he did three 360s in a row. Really? One-handed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy, almost, right? Almost X Games stuff, buddy. It was pretty <laughs> legit. Dude, that's nuts. And I thought it was on a scooter, but a three-wheeler makes it that much more impressive, don't you think, Tyler? Yeah. Dude. What kind of do you want to ask him like what kind of three wheeler it was so you know like what kind of vehicle he was on? I've only seen Hondas. Honda three wheelers. Yeah. So this looked like you remember like your big wheel scooter you probably pedaled around when you were a kid. It had the big front tire and the little tires on the back. So it was like that, but with a gas engine on it. Yeah. Oh. Cool. That's pretty crazy, right? So we had some uh, some comments just come in. Actually, we we're we we're trying to uh, get a little bit of rapid fire and then uh, let these guys go to bed. But uh, Ramon said ketchup and tapatio. I don't know how the, that doesn't sound good to me. Maybe it sounds good to you guys. Um, and then uh, Janet Kratz says, uh, "What is the next adventure that you guys have planned?" So yeah, that's we actually uh, are leaving. Uh, Wednesday morning to fly out west to go to Parker. Oh, that's going to be cool. What's going to be like the the process that you guys go through? Like, what's the normal? Obviously, you guys have a plane ticket and stuff, but you get a hotel. You guys camp. What? Are you... Yeah. So normally we'll we'll do a hotel. Usually, if it's a a Vegas race, something close to like a Menzies Shop or something like that, so we can try and be as involved and helpful as we can with all the pre race stuff. So fly out go, you know, either check in at the shop or grab a rental car for this one. We'll go to the shop and th there'll be a chase truck that will help get out to Parker once we land in, uh, from, from Vegas and we'll go out and then hopefully we can help the guys set up and get everything ready and then get ready for qualifying and all that good stuff. And then after the race Sunday, burn back and we got a freaking 
oh dark 30 flight back home monday morning yeah always works like that right so uh tyler do you have any other questions for them before we uh, bail out is that a jeep back there is that a jeep yeah it is they work on jeeps a lot of jeeps really it's pretty cool huh have you ever heard of what's a what a V eight swap is? Have your dad ever told you about that? Mm, I don't know. Can you tell him what it is, Orn? It's when you take a like a really fast motor like out of a Corvette, a big noisy V eight, and put it in a Jeep. So it's a Jeep that goes probably faster than it should. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that is nice, <laughs> huh? So, do you remember your dad's little Ford Ranger truck? The pre runner. The white one. Yep. Yeah, I remember it. It's pretty rad, huh? Yeah. Warren really likes that truck, too. That thing probably went way faster than it should, too, huh? Right. <laughs> what motor did you have in that thing? It was an LS2. Yeah. Oh, it was a two? Yep. Right on. Yeah, see, that's crazy, mm-hmm. man. What Actually, I never asked you what shocks you had on that thing, either. They were uh, all Fox. Oh, were they? All Fox shocks, yep. Nice. That's cool. All yeah, right, Tyler, one last question, bud. Maybe something about off-road or something about bicycle riding? I don't really know. You don't? Well, you're doing a good job, man. Yeah, you're doing great. Yeah, I think I, I, what? How about how about something like what size tires do they usually put on Jeeps? That sounds like it'd be a pretty good answer. Sure. All right. Let's hear it. Ask them. What size tires do you put on Jeep? Usually they're either thirty-seven or forty-inch tall tires. Cool. And what 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 size tires does Carrie prefer? What do you prefer, Carrie? Forty-twos. <laughs> Whoa, oh, big ones. She, That's yeah. bigger than a trophy truck tire. Really? Yeah, forty-two inches like this big, dude. It's huge. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Tyler, for being the host of the show. We really appreciate you coming yep. in and doing such a great job, dude. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you guys very much for joining us tonight we really appreciate it carrie and orin for staying up so late out in florida uh you guys really are living your best dirt life man i think it's so cool that you guys are uh pursuing your dreams with the uh, track and trail off-road we hope that uh everybody can uh go on our social media check out the uh, links that we did to track and trail off-road um maybe carrie can supply us with some of the uh, old school pictures of the mud trucks i think they were called yep. and uh we can uh poke fun at her a little bit online and give you guys uh, some uh, social media links to go check out some of the stuff that they're doing because they really are building some really cool vehicles over there. And uh, what was the social media? It's at Track and Trail Off-Road. Yeah, at Track and Trail Off-Road is a shop and uh, and we appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. It's been awesome just getting to talk racing and off-road life with you guys for sure. Yeah, yes, man. Thank you. Well, we, re- we really enjoy it. You guys did a fantastic job on the show. You got anything else for them before they take off, Joe? No, I uh I think it's really great what you guys are doing over there, and uh, and uh, best of luck this weekend over in Parker. And oh, wait. Actually, be, well. before we sign off, um, Carrie, since uh, I know you'll send me an email like super quick, I wanted to uh, give you some of these. They're little uh, basically dog tags that you can hang on your driver's suit or even in the in the Jeeps when you go uh, off-roading. They have a little uh, information for medical stuff. I was in a serious accident, and I could have definitely used these. These are super, super cool, and all they do is just hang on like your uh, – uh, wherever you want, or you could even put them in the, in the Jeep or something. When you go on a trail, they're really, really cool. And we have a bunch of them, so I can send you guys some. It's yes, co- please. That's awesome. 
Yeah, it's it's from a company called TactMed, and uh, Josh is the the owner of TactMed. He does all the stuff himself, just like uh, the stuff that you guys do. He's a awesome. uh, he's an active duty police officer, and he just wants to help people. So it's cool to help him uh, support his uh, new venture. Yes, that is yeah. awesome. So Absolutely. We'll send some to you guys. So we really appreciate it. Do you guys have anything else you'd like to say before we sign off? No, man. Just uh, thanks again, and uh, hopefully we can bump into you and talk to you guys in person yeah. at an event or something instead of just uh, doing this new, I feel like we, we could call this virus-style hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these uh, Zoom-type interview kind of things. Yeah. Well, we still really appreciate it, man. We wouldn't have been able to do this without you guys staying up late. So thank you very much, and uh, enjoy the pizza rolls if you get some afterwards. Yeah, we'll yeah, see, see exactly. how hydrated we get after this. There you go. <laughs> awesome. All right. Have a good night. Thank you, guys. We'll see you guys later. See ya. Bye. Bye. What'd you think, Tyler? You can stay for a sec. I'm going to sign off okay. the show. Uh, what'd you think about the show? Do you think it was pretty cool? You can you can keep those on. Yeah, yeah keep, on. keep them on. What'd you think about the show? I think it was pretty cool. So did you like coming on the show or did you like just hanging out while we were doing it? Both. Yeah, coming on is kind of cool, right? Because you get to talk to all these awesome people that we get to talk to, like Carrie and Orrin. Right. So, all right, dude, give me a high five. You did awesome today. So, thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Joe, for coming in and hey, helping thanks, out, dude. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Well, it was cool that you got to, uh, you know, see Orrin after you haven't seen him for a, a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I haven't right? seen him for a couple months, and and it's the uh, the only time we see each other is really at the races. Yeah. And it's usually short-lived, but it's always best. You know, yeah. it's always good times. And hi, and, you know, hang out for a couple, five, five, ten minutes and move on. You know, being with, with different teams and different agendas, it's 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 tough, but yeah, it it's really always is. good to see, you know. Yeah, it really is. So, um, okay, cool. Well, we really want to thank everybody for joining us. So thank you very much. And all these comments and everybody for uh, joining the show and asking Carrie and Oren so many good questions and stuff. That was really, really cool. So thank you guys so much for being a part of the show tonight. Um, thank you very much to our sponsors. We really want to uh, keep all that stuff going. We are currently going to be looking for and having meetings for some new sponsorship stuff. So that's going to be pretty cool to see uh, who else wants to join the program. I'm excited about that. I kind of feel like it's uh, doing it like we did our race program, right? You get excited yeah. about about these new opportunities. So of um, it's really cool. And uh, we couldn't get those sponsors without all you guys listening. So thank you very much. Thank you to Shock Therapy. Uh, thank you to, uh, excuse me, KMC Wheels. Thank you very much to the guys at Zollinger Racing Products. Thank you to the guys at SolderWeld. Thanks, Josh Attack Med. He doesn't actually sponsor the show, but I'm really passionate about his products. And uh, thank you guys at Zollinger Racing Products. On any of their websites, you can use the code DIRTLIFE or just give them a call and you can save a whole bunch of money. Um, so again, thank you very much to all of our sponsors. Uh, next week, uh, we got to have going to have a pretty interesting week. On Monday next week, we are going to do a show from live from the Warfighter Made uh, building or shop in Temecula, California on Monday. And then following that, we are going to do a show on Friday. So we'll be out there for a whole week. Uh, like I said, having meetings, we're going to do a show on Friday with uh, Maxis Mike. Mike Farmer. So it's going to be pretty cool. So next week's going to be a busy week. So please pay attention to our social media and hang out because that's going to be a fun, fun show. Uh, Casey Sims is going to be on, uh, what, on the Warfighter show. So we're going to have a whole bunch of uh, good kid and uh, young adult talk. I think it's going to be really cool to see how uh, they are living their dirt life currently right now, you know. So, um, man, I'm just really excited with all this dirt life stuff that's going on right now. We just got done with the UTV World Championship. We'll ask... Uh, uh, Excuse me, Casey, how the his UTV world champion, he beat me. Really? Yeah, he beat me by a couple positions. So 
I'm going to get on him about that. Yep. <laughs> so, um, again, thank you very much, Tyler. Thank you to all our sponsors. Thank you, Joe. We really appreciate it. And thank you guys very much for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. We hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Thank you for living your dirt life with us. We love you. Good thank night. You. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Dirt Life Show.